Good morning. Welcome to Wake Up Carolina, a special edition of Wake Up Carolina, McLeod Children's Hospital Radiothon, day number two. Good morning, Royal Rev of Radio. Good morning. You got all your stuff situated and, I, and put together? If we're on the air, everything is situated and put together, yes. Okay, I'm told we did pretty well yesterday. So first thing this morning, let's thank our listeners and those who participated and supported this um, Children's Miracle. I was thinking about the Gamecocks. I got up this morning and I said, okay, we didn't talk politics yesterday. We're not talking politics today nor tomorrow. Um, but I hadn't seen the Gamecocks play in a long time. So I'm really excited <laughs> about getting back to Williams-Brice to watch South Carolina play For sure. Texas A&M. Um, we'll get back to politics, and they'll be chomping at the bit Monday morning. But we, as we said yesterday, feel very confident and comfortable in our decision to, um, to put politics on the back burner. Uh, for three days and support this um, children's hospital radiothon. And, and all I really know about yesterday, by the way, is that uh, the phones were ringing, the, the folks that were here, the volunteers on the phone bank were, it seemed busy for not only the time we were on the air during the morning show from 6 to 10, but throughout the day because the radiothon goes on until 6 p.m. Uh, on uh, the other stations. And so, yeah, it was, it was busy over there. So I'm just encouraged and very happy and hope we can have another good day today. So thank you. Thank you to those who participated, supported in some way, shape or form. We're encouraging others today and tomorrow to do the same. I want to make this a, uh, a resounding success. 843-777-4483 is how you contribute. Text the word McLeod. That's M-C-L-E-O-D to 51555. I thought about it last year, so why would you have a way to text and make a contribution? Well, they did. They came up with a way, and now we've got a... Um, because I'm thinking if you're, un- if, you're, if you're under the age of 40, you'd probably rather text. Well, if you're under the age of 60, you'd probably rather, <laughs> rather text than you had, um, you know, get on a phone and uh, verbally, verbally um, give the uh, okay to make a contribution. But thank you. And I mean that sincerely. Thank you. Um, I'll say it again at 6.05 or 6.10 this morning, and I'll probably say it 20 more times today. I wish we didn't have to do this. I wish there were not um, a need to have a children's hospital. I wish every kid was born uh, perfectly healthy, but they aren't, and they have challenges and, and circumstances that we didn't see coming. We've got um, a lot of healthcare professionals that were with us yesterday. We've got some that will be here today, family members who have um, experienced the benefit of the Children's Hospital here at McLeod. And um, so, yeah, we'll get into it. We'll, um, we'll progress as the show progresses. But um, this morning we have someone with us. Uh, we didn't have anybody early yesterday morning. We do this morning who is um, – basically kind of in the fray, uh, boots on the ground, so to speak. We're here three days, and then we're out back doing our other thing. Uh, the lady with us today has been, uh, in some way, shape, or form, caring for kids for 30 years. Uh, here at McLeod for 13 years, Doris Carter is a NICU transport, uh, I guess, nurse. Is that right? Yes, sir. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. So let's talk a little bit about you're on your uh, you're on your shift. You didn't have to make a special trip in. You worked all night. This isn't early for you. I've been here you. all night long. Yes. Yeah, th- th- this is the finale for her today. She'll get to go home as soon as um we get off the air here. But um, you said something a second ago. It's not a question on this book, but you said never underestimate those little ones' ability to fight for their life, whether they know they're fighting for their lives or not. That there's something about it. I guess human nature that um that they want to be here, want to be alive, want to want to make it. Um, I mean, you see that every day. 
every that, that's got to be impressionable upon it's someone not like you. Just every day, it's almost every moment. Um, things can happen so quickly for these little people. They come into the world in a big rush sometimes, and mamas don't even get a chance to hold them or touch them, or sometimes even see much of them. And we've whisked them off to somewhere that parents don't even know where they are, especially on transport. You go out, and these parents, they have to trust you on a level that I don't even understand because here I am, and I'm going to take this critically ill child from you. Newborn. Newborn, and maybe tiny. Maybe it's not even tiny. Maybe it's a full-term newborn. And Mama had this wonderful plan about how everything was going to go for her, and she has her nursery ready, and then all of a sudden in we come and we're going to take this baby and put it in this truck and drive it away. That's got to be one of the hardest things for parents. And they have to show such a level of trust in us. And I just want them to know that they can trust us with their babies. We treat them as our own. And I always tell my mamas before I pack them up and head out the door with them, I promise you I will not leave your baby's side until I turn this baby over to the next nurse. So, so what exactly is the neonatal intensive care unit? I mean, you talk about whisking these babies away to where and to do what? The neonatal intensive care unit is um, the place where any baby that is sick and unable to stay with mom on a normal newborn can come. And we are a level three NICU here at McLeod's. Um, we have a transport team and we cover the whole region. We drive to the beach. We pick up babies. Um, the only other NICUs in this area, you'd have to go to Charleston or you'd have to go to Columbia. So we are the major level three NICU in this area. When I think of mobile medical care, for some reason, my mind goes to paramedics and first responders and ambulances and, and things like that. Um, I would imagine you collaborate work with those people. Explain that relationship, if you don't mind. Most definitely. Um, when we get a call into the NICU from an outlying hospital, um, they speak to our neonatologist. They confer when they make the decision that, yes, we need to go get this child. Um, it's a transport nurse who is specially trained, and we have several, and a jam-up respiratory therapy team that we have. And so it's the respiratory therapist, the transport nurse, and then the paramedic that's driving the truck. And they come in with us when we go in the hospital a lot of times, and they're very valuable to us also. So it is a very team effort. But we could go in there and we have everything we need to just about accomplish anything we can possibly run into. Of course, our neonatologist is right on the phone anytime I need anything, and we are there to stabilize that baby and get it back here as quickly as possible. What sort of conditions would be um, so extreme that we would have to do something that you're talking about? I mean, once again, I wish we didn't, didn't have to have this conversation. I wish uh, your job required you know, feeding perfectly normal babies that were born exactly as they should be born. But what sorts of patients, what sorts of um, circumstances or situations lead kids to be in this and families to be here? Sometimes you can have a normal newborn that just doesn't transition well into this world and maybe it just needs a little bit of respiratory support from us for just a short period of time. And then it could come to you've had some sort of birth trauma and there was a difficult delivery and circumstances beyond control. And this baby may even need some cooling, which we have the capability of doing to help prevent, you know, possible brain damage and the outcomes of these babies would be so much better with these types of therapies. Sometimes it's a baby that's born premature. We can have tiny, tiny humans, and that's exactly what they are, these tiny little people. And they are not able to face the big world without some help, you know, and now they don't have mama to support them anymore, and so we become that until we can get them 
to go home. Does it burden you or does it encourage you to see these babies in places they'd probably rather not be, and the families in places they'd rather, or is it both? I mean, are some days more burdensome than others and some days more encouraging than others? I suppose it's such a miracle to see them act like real people sometimes. They will grab your hand. They will squeeze. And when those little fingers won't even reach around your tiny finger, and they'll hold your finger, and they'll open their little eyes, and they look up at you like, I'm here, please help me. And they watch your face, and they listen to your voice. I don't know how more miracles you can get than that. That makes it worth getting up and doing your job. It does, no, yes. No, no question about that. Okay, you said something. I want to get back to the conversation we had before we went on the air. That um, you, you think they know they're fighting for their lives, and you think they know you're there to help them fight for their lives. What makes you believe that? I mean, I know that's kind of a philosophical question. Nobody knows. I mean, there's not a clinical answer to that. There's not a, you know, a medically approved answer to that. But, but I mean, you've been there. I mean, you've been there far more than – we can read a book and learn all we want to about whatever it is we're trying to learn about. But until you live it, you, you don't really understand it. You've lived it. So, so I think it's interesting for our listeners to hear someone who has been there as many times as you have to have that humanistic interaction and reaction between you and a baby – that most of us don't think know anything of what's going on around them. These people are born with personality. And that's the biggest thing I can say. And each baby has their own personality. And you can walk into a room and you can lay your eyes on them and you can see their personality. And they are such little fighters. And everything I do is to help them. But I also know that everything I do is not enough all the time. These little babies have spirits and fighting, and it makes me think, you know, I could be such a better person than I am if I just worked half as hard as they do at breathing because that's all I need them to do is to breathe. And they work so hard just to breathe, and then they work so hard just to eat and digest their food. I'm asking them to do things that they should not have to do yet, but here they are doing them, these tiny little humans. Do you ever run into someone that you treated? Uh, you've been doing it a long time. I mean, is, is, there a, um, is there a kid or two that you can remember that went through um, your care, the NICU's care, and ended up doing okay and, and comes back one day and says, hey, right, you know, obviously I don't remember that, but thanks for your help. Over my 30-year career, I suppose the one that I always think about was probably years ago when I was working labor and delivery, um, they called me in in the middle of the night, and they said, Darcy, we've got somebody that needs to go to McLeod's, and we want her there before she delivers. Can you come ride in the ambulance with her? I said, sure. Got up, got there, got in the ambulance. We were going to go, and the mother's face just changed, and I said, what's going on? And, you know, kind of find out that she was going to deliver in the back of the ambulance, and I'm saying, let me out of here, because we had not even left the parking lot. And we whisked her back upstairs to the labor and delivery department. We delivered the baby. Um, We stabilized the baby, and we waited for the transport team, which now I am a part of, to come and get this little baby. And it was about 29 weeks, and she was the fifth daughter of a couple. So they had a little cheerleading squad. And at first, the pediatrician said, you know, I don't think she's going to do very well. She was about 28 weeks at the time. And um, about five years later, somebody comes to the nursery where I was still working at that time, 
and they knocked on the glass and I went around to see who it was and it was that family with all five of their little girls and that child was five years old and going to kindergarten and they brought her back up there to see me. That I will never forget. If nothing ever happens in your career, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. I mean, that, that, that's enough. Well, Doris, thank you. Well. Thank you for being here. Thank you for um, putting up with us for the last 15 or 20 minutes. <laughs> and thank you for, um, for what you do for the children at this hospital. Thank you. Oh, thank the babies. Okay. There, there you go. Thank the, thank the babies. <laughs> you go. Um, they turn into 15-year-olds one day, you hope. <laughs> and then you wonder whether, okay, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll let that be. Thank you, Doris. Thank you a lot. Kind of an interesting perspective. It's one that I can't give, you can't give, um, kind of behind the, uh, behind the scenes of what happens there. Uh, they, they're fighting for their lives, and they know it. And then you notice she said people. Right. These little people, it wasn't mm -hmm. babies, it wasn't infants, it was these little people have personalities and they're fighting for their lives. And, um, and I think every dollar you contribute gives that little person a better chance to fight for the life that, you know, most of us believe they deserve. No uh, doubt about it. No that, doubt about it's it. It's kind of a, um, an emotional way to wake up the morning. Well, and I think that's a good way to start because we heard that uh, first-person perspective from a, a nurse that works in the NICU here at McLeod, and she she is right there on the front line. So in honor of some of the stories she just told and some of her experience and, and maybe about the, uh, the, the baby that came back at five years old and saw her, let's get started with our first miracle maker today and make those phones ring because uh, we do have uh, the phones open and ready to take your donations if you'd like to if you'd like to be a miracle maker and commit to that $15 a month total 180 bucks for a year it's 843-777-GIVE 843-777-4483 or one-time donations are of course uh, very much appreciated and accepted here at the Radiothon. I want to mention our sponsors too because uh, all of this would not be possible without our corporate partners that make this possible here on the broadcast side uh, including McCall Farms. They are our title sponsor. Harris Pest Control is sponsoring the Live 95 broadcast. Palmetto Commercial Real Estate uh, sponsors our phone bank for us. And uh, also King Cadillac is a, a supporter. And um, Palmetto Commercial Real Estate also uh, underwrites the Miracle Makers for us. So all of our sponsors make this very possible and bring the Radiothon to you over these three days. We'll take a break. We'll be back once again. This is Wake Up Carolina. We are on the campus of McLeod Health on behalf of the McLeod Children's Hospital Radiothon. Back in a minute. Welcome back to Wake Up Carolina. McLeod Children's Hospital Radiothon. Um, Second day, first power hour of the morning from 6.30 to 7.30 is what they've designated. We're not in control of that. We don't have any. Um, we, we don't have our hand in that. These folks write things down <laughs> and, and tell us and what pass to do. along to us. Yeah, we're um, we're the hired help here, doing yes, the best we, we can at uh, facilitating a conversation between you know this radiothon and our listenership. And I want to thank our listeners once again. We were told that um, yesterday was good. We hope today is equally as good. Um, One-time contributions, miracle maker givers, um, but there are 20 kids in the hospital today in the children's hospital floor. There are eight in the PICU, 24 in the NICU. That is today as we speak. So while we're getting up doing things as we normally do, some families are not. There'll be 28 and 24, you know, families whose world are in different levels of disarray i would imagine rev i've never had my, my kid had this uh, issue with his leg but it was never life-threatening you know what i mean we never wondered whether he was going to uh be normal or not i mean obviously there were complications and every kid uh i've told the story yesterday when the doctors carried my son to his first surgery 
they said it's uh it's routine we do it a lot i said you don't do it on my kid a lot (laughs) (laughs) right i get that you do it a lot but you don't do it on my kid a lot it's anything but routine so um you know once again 20 in the ch floor eight in pick you 24 in NICU, and those lives i got to believe are in different states of disarray confusion concern fear anxiety all of these emotions that go along with us caring for our kids uh, we just want our kids to have the best life they possibly um, can have and that's what mcleod has done is commit to allowing the beginning of that life uh, to not be thwarted by some sort of a medical complication so from 6 30 to 7 30 this morning is our first power hour of the day. What exactly does that mean, Rev? Well, during our tours of uh, the McLeod Children's Hospital here prior to the beginning of the Radiothon, they took us not only to the NICU, and we've talked to several of the nurses and directors of the NICU over the course of the Radiothon, but they also took us to the playroom. Yes, there is a playroom in the hospital, and a playroom is very important. Uh, again, if you put yourself in the place of the child that is going through uh, a procedure or an illness, uh, playtime is very important from what they've told us. So part of what we're trying to do this hour during the power hour starting right now and until 7.30 is we want to we want to get 18 miracle makers and that's you becoming a miracle maker so they can get some some basically some play items some lego kits or a baby doll or a coloring set activity and these kids not only can keep these or they play with these items that are in the playroom but uh, when they they buy these items and acquire those they make those available for the kids to keep in their room and they can take home as well when they do get out of the hospital so we're trying to get 18 miracle makers this hour and that's the 15 dollar a month 180 dollar total donation uh to to help us get these play kits uh for the kids and children's hospital you can become a miracle maker right now if you don't want to do the miracle maker and and make the 15 dollar a month uh commitment over the course of the year you can make a one-time contribution those are all well Welcome as well and make a difference as well. So the number is 843-777-4483, 843-777-GIVE. You know, and one of the questions we um, addressed yesterday is, I mean, if you give to a charity, you have a, I mean, you have a right to know where the money's going. You know, what are they doing with the contributions I make to the charity? We've heard a lot of, um, ah, we've had a lot of stories uh, in the last 20 or 25 years in America about charities misusing the money, not doing with the money, what they said they were going to do, administrative cost. I, think, I'm, I don't want to call anybody by name, but some of the noted charities in America have had issues with administrative costs and how much of the money actually goes to, you know, what were the uh, – when people contribute to a charity, they want their money to not be uh, – tangled up in administrative cost and um, salaried personnel and all these other sorts of things. Uh, 100% of the money stays local. Um, They are our local children's hospital. No child will be turned away. And, um, and I think it's important as a kind of a, uh, I mean, we're a local radio show, a local radio company with a local audience. So, um, that, that matters to us, that we were affiliated with a hospital that serves this community, serves this area, and 100% of its contributions will make, uh, they'll stay here. And I said yes something yesterday that may have sounded a bit crass when I said um, your money doesn't end up in San Sacramento. Your money doesn't end up in Portland. Um, I'm, I'm not making a lot of the issues that Portland deals with or Sacramento deals with, and I'm certainly not suggesting let those folks deal with their issues and we'll, we'll deal with ours. But once again, we've always prided ourselves, Rev, on the local influence, um, local being a priority. This is our local hospital, um, by and large, 
local kids, local families are served by this hospital. And I do think it's important that our listeners understand when I make a contribution, 100% of that contribution stays local. It goes directly to funding improvements and enhancements of the McLeod Children's Hospital via uh, this radio thing. Doing things like buying toys that uh, and play activity items that the kids can keep in their rooms while they're in Children's Hospital, and they can also take home with them. No question about and it. And that's a direct effect. And we've got a data sheet here, um, got a, kind of some uh, uh, sheet of factoids here that they provided provided for us uh the one that kind of caught me off guard takes a million dollars just to open the doors of the hospital each and every day i mean that's a big budget and nobody's here to believe that we're going to raise enough money to build a new hospital raise enough money to buy a new helicopter we're simply trying to raise money for the ancillaries some of the uh, some of the add-ons some of the uh I love some of the luxuries and amenities of um, child care. When these families come to this hospital, um, their lives are completely disrupted. We're trying to alleviate some of that disruption uh, the best way we know how. And we couldn't do this without our sponsors. And I want to make sure we do, um, we do right by them. Obviously, we are the, um, we're the voice. We're the conduit, the liaison between the hospital and you, our listeners. But none of this would have happened had it not been for our sponsors. And I'm kind of proud to say the folks that have been with us for the longest are the ones who stepped up and said, yeah, uh, I know you're not talking politics, doing your normal thing, but I absolutely want to be a part of, um, of helping you make this a success. And I'll let you tell once again who our sponsors are. McCall Farms is actually our, our title sponsor. They're underwriting the entire three-day event across all of the community broadcasters' radio stations. So uh, McCall Farms, a great corporate citizen and friend of community broadcasters. Uh, we appreciate them as our title sponsor. Live 95 sponsor today is Harris Pest Control. And we have an underwriter of our phone bank and our miracle makers, and that's Palmetto Commercial Real Estate. Again, another longtime affiliate and partner of the, of the radio show and a longtime supporter of great endeavors like the Children's Miracle Network Radiothon. So thank you to Palmetto Commercial Real Estate, King Cadillac, and uh, and and many more, and we'll be talking about them. In fact, we'll have a, a Power Hour sponsor next hour, Two Men in a Truck. So uh, we appreciate everyone coming on board because every bit makes a difference. And, and if you'd like to feel a connection, all right, when you make that call and become a miracle maker, know that, that they're going to take your name and, and put it on a bear. We've talked about these little bears, and we've had a few of them uh, sitting here at our, our broadcast table for uh, the course of the day and course of the Radiothon, and, and the little bears that get given to the, the children that are in Children's Hospital to help them through this scary time. Well, in honor of you uh, as, a, as a contributor, as a donor, becoming a miracle maker, they'll put your name on a tag or, or put any note you'd like or in, in someone's honor. You can put it on, on the, on the uh, bear, on the tag that goes on the bear, uh, that then that way you are actually connected in that way uh, to a child here who is benefiting from your contribution. And we will hear from a family in the 7 o'clock hour, a family who has been, um, I would imagine, positive, uh, had positive interaction or been affected in a positive way by uh, the hospital. Your generosity makes this a lot more um, successful. I mean, it's as simple as that. They're going to continue to operate a children's hospital here at McLeod with or without your support. Your support makes it better. Your support allows them to do the things. Um, I don't want to say customer service. I, I keep going back to the business world, customer service, general population. I mean, I'm talking like, but, but I think you get the gist. I mean, most people understand what I'm talking about here. Some of the um, 
some of the non-essentials. I mean, may, maybe a bear's not a non-essential, but it's important. I mean, there, there's an emotional uh, issue that you deal with when the kid's in the hospital and somebody gives him a little bear. It may not be mean a lot to a nearly 60-year-old man, but I can bet it means a lot to a little kid who all of a sudden knows, okay, somebody out there cares about me. The family knows somebody out there is um, supporting on behalf of um, of them being somewhere. Once again, they'd rather rather not be, but uh, 100% of the money staying local matters to me. I mean, it really and truly does. I want to clean up a little bit about what I said yesterday. I'm certainly not suggesting that we not care about what happens in Portland or Sacramento. There are fellow Americans. I think Americans. you were picking on Des Moines yesterday, well, I mean, if Des I remember. Des Moines kind of, kind of a, um, they're an easy target. I mean, Des Moines is kind of an easy target when it comes to that. I have no idea why Des Moines gets chosen <laughs> as the, um, the, 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 you know, the example of we're not to be worried about. I'm not trying to suggest that for a second, but, um, but, but we have an obligation to take care of our own. And uh, the PD region, Florence, Sumter, Orange, I mean, all this area is, um, is served well by this hospital. And, um, and I want to make sure we, we're doing our part to make this Radiothon as successful as we possibly can. 843-777-4483 is the number. Text the word McLeod, M-C-L-E-O-D, to 51555. Um, I do want to mention a website, Radiothon, excuse me, MyRadiothon.com, MyRadiothon.com. Why do I say that? If you're a Gamecock or a Tiger, we're in a tie. I think the Dabo Sweeney football has had a bid of $110. I think the Shane Beamer football has had a bid of $110. Um, I'm offering a challenge to our Gamecock and Tiger faithful. Big weekend in college football. Um, South Carolina playing host to Texas A&M. Clemson playing host to a top 25 team in Syracuse. So let's get the Gamecock-Tiger rivalry started a little bit earlier than the week of the game by seeing who can outbid whom on this um, on this football. Is that grammatically correct? Who can outbid whom? Yeah. yeah. Sounds I think, good to I, me. I think that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I think um, my English teacher did well in the 6th <laughs> and 7th and 8th grades. That's when I learned about all I – I stopped learning English after about the 8th grade. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, we can do better than $110 per football i think one year if i'm not mistaken um we had kind of a um a tussle between the gamecocks and tigers on who was going to pay the most for a football and if i'm not mistaken will muschamp football brought a thousand dollars i think so so if a will muschamp football can bring a thousand dollars um what could a shane beamer and Dabo sweeney football bring so with the tiger and gamecock faithful go to my radiothon Dot com. Let's have a spirited competition, um, helping a children's hospital. But also, you pour, so you're supporting your um, your fellow friends in Garnet or your fellow friends in Orange. We also have some other um, memorabilia and um, and sports paraphernalia. If I'm not mistaken, the Atlanta Braves have made some contributions to this. Um, the Carolina Panthers have made some contributions to this. The Florence Flamingos, if I'm not mistaken, have some things um, offering for bid. So we got Gamecocks and Tigers and Braves and Panthers and Flamingos all at MyRadiothon.com. There's also a, a non-sports uh, piece of memorabilia that our, our friends over at uh, Cat Country have provided, and it is an autographed guitar by Kelsey Ballerini who is a country artist, and so if you're interested in collecting that, you can. Uh, it's one of the items that are, that are available there. And once you go to MyRadioThon.com, there's an auction house link. You just click on that. It'll bring up the entire uh, list, and you can click and bid through there. Good deal. We'll take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. Welcome back to Wake Up Carolina on the campus of McLeod Health. On behalf of the McLeod Children's Hospital Radiothon, Reggie Armstrong is still with us this morning. Good morning, Reggie. How are you? 
Hey, good morning, Ken. I'm doing well. Yourself? We are doing well. I don't want to talk market today. We don't want to talk about how up it is or how down it is. But you've led me to believe that you've always felt as a, I don't know, an individual and a business, it's important to give back. I want you to expound upon why you believe that and why you've allowed your business to reflect that personal judgment you've made, if you don't mind, Reg. Sure, and you're right. When when you've got kids sitting in the NICU and you're focused on, on trying to you know make a difference in lives, um, you know, the markets scare everybody. And, and one of the things I'm going to share, you know, with your permission, is just why uh, you know planning for this sort of thing actually helps. But for me personally, one of the best pieces of mentorship, if you want to call it that, Ken, or advice, was a friend of mine's, Jack O'Donnell, passed away back in 06. But one of the things Jack told me, he goes, Reg, you know, err on the side of generosity. In other words, if you're, go- if you're going to err on one side or the other, being stingy or generous, be generous. And that goes from, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're leaving a tip at the restaurant and, and 15% or 20% is $9.08, Round it up to ten. You know, if you're gonna, if you've got a little extra money, you're probably gonna be okay without that little extra money. So, you know, as you guys are doing this this wonderful telethon or I think telethon radiothon, excuse me, um, you know, fifteen dollars a month. Most of us, maybe not everybody other, but most of us can do without without fifteen dollars, and and we might be making a difference in someone's life. So for me, it's 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 part of my Christian background to believe that we're we're, we're meant to serve our neighbor, but 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 there are many non Christians who believe that as well. You don't have to be Christian to be generous. You can be Jewish. You can be Hindu. You can be you know all of those wonderful individuals can 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 contribute. And so me, it's just been, hey, we're, we're put on this earth for a purpose. Uh, we're here to, to love God and neighbor. And, and so th- this is the loving the neighbor part. And it's, it's just kind of part and parcel of who I am as an individual. And I would hope others out there, uh, I know there's others out there who are far more generous than I am. And, 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 and if I may, Ken, it's, it, it's not so much the amount. It, you, know, you may remember that parable about the widow and the widow's might where she put in just two pennies, two coins. But it was really it was all she could afford. It was, in fact, Jesus said it's all she had. And, and so sometimes we have to give sacrificially. Uh, and so to me, it's, it's important. Reggie, when, when someone um, in your position deals with people mm-hmm. who are trying to make investments decision, do you advise them to make charity a part of the overall picture? I mean, obviously, it's not your job to tell people to do, what to do with their money. But, but do you find that most people that have done well financially end up in a place of having uh, the opportunity to invest and try and save for a future? I mean, do you find those people in general have a charitable spirit and, and, and really want to uh, reward others for the blessings they feel they've received? I, I do. Um, again, it varies obviously from person to person, everything. And, and in terms of priority, you know, most people are, are you know, want to make sure they've got enough for themselves, number one, uh, not run out. Number two, they want to make sure that they leave something behind for children. But for many of them, the majority, I would say, uh, charitable giving, char- charitable uh, thinking through a, a legacy 
uh, is important to them. Now, some of them, it's just doing things along the way. Others, it's leaving behind some sort of bequest. And so with that, we, we do part of the planning. Part of the purpose of, of that part of financial planning, Ken, is so that someone can sit there and say, okay, we've built into the plan donating X dollars a year, or we've built into the plan leaving this much behind. And because we've run the plan, we've, we've done the, the, the worst case simulations, we can feel comfortable as a family that we can afford to do this, that we're not going to end up you know, uh, having to be on the, uh, on the receiving end of charity because, because we gave money away. Now, I go to the parking lot mission uh, many Saturday mornings, and there, there's nobody in line needing help that got there because they gave too much away. So, you know, I'm a big believer that God, you can't outdo God in generosity. And so part of that planning, you're right. I don't tell them what to do if they don't, you know, if, if, if charitable giving is not part of, of, of their goals, that's not my job to say, well, it should be. That, that's not what we do. But if it is part of, of uh, what their desires are, it's figuring out how do we do it smartly? How do we do it advantageously for them, maybe tax-wise? How do we make sure it fulfills uh, what's important to them. Well explained. Reggie, thank you a lot. We'll um we'll get back to the usual grind of the market come next Thursday. Thank you for your time, Reg. Absolutely, and thanks for all you guys are doing, guys. All right, Absolutely. Bye-bye. You know, I think Rev will agree with this. I mean I got a lot of complexities about <laughs> my wife calls me the most complicated simple man on the planet. And <laughs> that's probably a pretty good description. I mean I profess to be simple and real, real complicated. One of the most interesting parts of human nature to me is um who gives based on what capacity? I mean, I've got people in my world who have enormous capacity, not much of a willingness to give. i got some people who have enormous capacities and give more than I think they should. Uh, there, there are others who don't have a lot and give you know, very little, don't have a lot, and still give a higher percentage. It's just interesting to me what it is about our human DNA that allows us to be charitable or not. You know, fear. I don't want to run out. I need to keep my money. I got all these bills. I got all these circumstances. I don't know about this. The unknowns freak us out a lot. Um, And I think we all go to a place to decide where, uh, you know, what is right, what is wrong, how much we should give, should we not give, what charity we trust. I just think it's an interesting complexity of the human dynamic as what makes people give. Uh, I got this particular friend of mine. And um, he's never made a lot of money. I mean, he's as good a guy, smart a guy, competent guy. But for whatever reason, financially, he's just never made a lot of money. The son of a gun gives more. He'll embarrass you and how much of his money he gives compared to what you, uh, your capacity and what you could do. And um, I just kind of, I'll say that on the air. I mean, I, I kind of want to be like him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm not gutsy enough. You know what I mean? I, I'm going like, yeah, but this could happen next year. And that could happen in, in three years. My daughter's age. I mean, we all play that out in our feeble brain and in our own personal lives. But uh, it's just kind of an interesting concept, uh, the human nature, why people do what they do, when they do, how they do, or, or why they don't. You know, why they don't do, when they do, how they do, and, uh, and where they do. It's interesting to me. Some of the most interesting conversations we've had in our McLeod Children's Hospital Radiothon have been with the families. We've heard from caregivers. We've heard from vice presidents. We've heard from, uh, you know, heads of department and directors and all these other sorts of things. But but the most, I don't know, the most compelling story is the personal story, a parent, a family who have been directly affected and influenced by 
what we're trying to do here and raise money for a children's hospital to allow the advancement of care, uh, better outcomes, um, less tears in parents and family members' eyes. And someone with us this morning, uh, Connor Horton, has a story. Connor, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys? So um, Madeline is your daughter. Yes. Madeline was a patient here. She was a year ago, pretty well, much Walk us today. through that. I mean, I don't want to ask you, hey, what about this? What about, I mean, just but in your own word, your, your personal narrative of why you're sitting behind that microphone. Most definitely. So um, ever since Madeline was about two, she, she started having some breathing issues, not not on a regular basis. It would be generally after she had a, a common cold, um, she would she would deal with it. So uh, we started on a nebulizer pretty early. Um, and, and that evolved. As, as she got older, uh, it became more frequent. And uh, particularly around exactly a year ago, she got a cold and uh, and needed to start doing some breathing treatments. Well, as, as we evolved through the week and got closer to the end of the week, um, those treatments weren't weren't really working, and her breathing was was struggling. And um, so I I, uh, I probably w- without a doubt waited too long, and uh, and then decided I was going to go call in go to see dr elder um at peds florence who's phenomenal and and we love him to death because of of who he is and what he does but this this instance in particular and uh we went and saw him first thing that morning he got us in he could you know the office could hear the panic in my voice uh and we got in there and immediately um got her in and he he knew we were we were fighting something a, a lot worse than we had anticipated um, and she was really struggling to breathe. So uh, <clears throat> at that moment, he gave her some medication on the spot, went out and, and started the admit process. And uh, came in, gave me some instructions, helped kind of calm me down, and, and then uh, made sure I, I knew what the plan was. And uh, we made our way here to the children's hospital, walked straight in. They got us right up to a room. And uh, this just so happened to be on October 26, which was... Um, the day before her birthday so uh, as we were we were in came in um, they saw her got some immediate attention when we got in gave some more medication started doing breathing treatments and uh and got her under control well through all that you know we had some conversations talking about tomorrow being her birthday and um so one of the nurses came in talked to her and, and asked her what things she liked and what who was her favorite princess or you know what whatever that was and um you know she she was calming down she she was adapting to the the nurses being so friendly and kind and then uh i'd say probably an hour hour later they had a little parade for it so they came in they had a big poster um wishing her a happy birthday about it being her day uh brought her presents she got to unwrap presents um so blankets uh dolls all kind of stuff so um, it made her day. She was. She went from being terrified and freaked out to just being excited uh, about every time somebody came in to see her. Um, they wished her happy birthday, and I mean, it was. It was as a parent when you're in that situation, and and you know that's everything to you, your child. Sure. Uh, it it really was a heartwarming, <clears throat> excuse me, heartwarming experience, and and then at the same time, just gives you a a whole new appreciation for what happens in this building that you don't really see when you you know you drive down the street Let, let's go back to you um, because i've got i've got three kids i got two sons and i kind of like them um <laughs> at times uh <laughs> right. i got a daughter that i think walks on water 
the, the daddy-daughter dynamic is something. I mean, it really is. There's something special. I mean, I think moms and sons have something that fathers don't understand. I think fathers have something with their daughter that moms don't really understand. Um, you talked about being panicked. How, 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 when you get your daughter to a place that you know can care for her, how does that make you feel? I mean, I'm talking about, you know, you're, you're, you said I probably waited too long. Join the club. We all procrastinate right. to some degree. Um, but once you made that decision and you see your daughter getting that sort of care, what, what comes over you? I mean, I know it's a weird way to ask it, but, but as a father, that's the most important thing in your world. Yes. And all of a sudden, she's, you don't question whether she's in good hands or not. You know she is. How, um, I don't say how less concerned because I'm sure you're still right, concerned. Yeah. But, but what sort of comfort does that bring you? Yeah, well, first, I'll say that my wife is extremely tough competition. Even though it's my daughter, um, my wife is a rock star. So it's hard, it's hard to be competitive You're with her. You're doing good on being that. A okay. Yeah. You got to get um, that in. But, but then the relief that I had, um, the assurance that everything was going to be okay, you know, uh, did, it, it's funny how I'd, I also I didn't want to be overreacting at first, and then it, and then it was time to overreact. Um, and they, they treated her as much as they treated me in a, in a sense, they had really helped calm my nerves. Um, and then set us out with a plan on how to be prepared and prevent it from happening again and how to be proactive. And, um, they have an asthma camp. So we, we eventually evolve into it, it being diagnosed as asthma. They taught us about the asthma camp and, um, she went to that and had the best time. She wants to go to it all the time. Now we have to tell her you got to wait till next year, but, uh, yeah, the the sense of relief and and the, you know the the calming nature that they brought us to, was, it, it was so important and so needed at that time and uh, you know it felt like we were there with some kind of some unknown family members. And how was Madeline today? Great, um, you know, used to be able to use the threat of like, hey, don't jump on the bed. You could fall down, get hurt. You want to have to go to the hospital, and she—that's the wrong thing to say yeah. now. Because she's like, "Yeah, can I go to the playground?" You know, they have the playroom in the in the children's hospital. So, um, you know, we we got to be careful uh, on, on that. But yeah, she's doing great. Uh, she's a normal six six year old, wide open, wildest imagination. Um, so. Good deal. Everything's great. Well, yeah. congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Thank you, very much. thank you for being here. And that personal testimony. I mean, Rev and I are here three days a week. You know, three days a year, really and truly, three days a year, trying to um, learn as much as we possibly can. But I think the most interesting testimony are those parents who have dealt firsthand, up close and personal, with what this hospital has to has to offer. Had said it in an hour. I'll say it again. You ready? Yep. I wish we didn't have to do this. Right. I mean, I wish Madeline were perfect. I wish my kids were perfect. I wish your kids were perfect. They ain't. Life gets in the way. Things happen that are unexpected, and people need care. And um, they built a special hospital dedicated particularly and specifically to kids. And, um, and once again, I wish we didn't need a children's hospital, but we do. And we need to support it every way imaginable. That's why we're here today. Um, and uh, Connor told you his story. There are going to be other stories we hear as the uh, as the rest of the week progresses but we've got um we've got a job to do and that is raise as much money as we can i'm gonna i'm a little bit blunt i mean i'm, I'm not real diplomatic when it comes out i mean really we're, we're here to yeah i mean <laughs> I, I hear you okay sarcastically my, my partner in crime said um thank you blaze that's kind of an inside joke yeah, yeah. thank yeah, you blaze yes. um but uh no no we're, we're here to successfully raise money and, and we believe a lot of these um, stories will help motivate you 
into contributing to a children's hospital. I got to believe, I mean, I don't know this to be true, but I got to believe Connor never imagined he'd need a children's hospital. I never, I mean, I got to believe that Madeline probably felt she was going to be just fine and everything would, um, would blow over in time and we'd get back to life as, uh, life as normal and business as usual. That ain't always the case. And, um, and to know there's a, a world-class, quote-unquote, children's hospital in our region, in our area, is certainly comforting whether you need it or not. Uh, whether your kid needs this hospital, somebody's will. I mean, I'm sure of that. What is it, Rev? 20 on the CH floor, 8 in the PICU, 24 in the NICU. None of those kids and families want to be there. They all wish they were somewhere else. That's right now. That's today. That's today. As we speak, I mean, that, that's what's happening in the children's hospital today. And once again, they'd much rather be at school or Disney World or at a ball game or, or playing with their friends. But, but life has dealt them a hand that, that forced them to be here right now. And, and the least we can do is help them deal with that hand of which they're not crazy about dealing with. We're in a power hour. we got about six or seven or eight more minutes in this power hour. I'll let Rev, because he's the professional of the duo, <laughs> I'll let him explain exactly what a power hour is and how our listeners can help. Well, we have a goal during this power hour, which started at 6.30 and will end, like you said, in just a few minutes at 7.30 for 18 Miracle Makers to help get us some of those kits, the, 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 the activity kits and the baby doll kits and the Lego kits, the coloring sets that they provide to the kids in their hospital room and they can actually take them home with them. Uh, but these things cost money, and this is part of what we're doing today is raising m- money. So if we can get that goal of 18 miracle makers to make make some of these kits happen and get them in the hands of the kids that are in Children's Hospital today, that can be you making that difference. If you'll call right now, 843-777-4483. And the Power Hour, uh, like we said, goes until about 730 this morning. We have a Power Hour sponsor this hour. Uh, two men in a truck are bringing us the Power Hour. So we thank, their, thank them for their involvement and uh, McCall Farms and Harris Pest Control and Palmetto Commercial Real Estate, King Cadillac, all providing support for our broadcast at the Radiothon today. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. This is a special edition of Wake Up Carolina. We are on the campus of McLeod Health from the McLeod Children's Hospital Radiothon, 843-777-4483. People are waking up around yeah, here. Yeah, yeah we had some clappers going. going off. Oh, we got a lot of different ways you can contribute. We've stressed a lot the Miracle Makers. I mean, it's, it's, it's a... Um, it's a pay as it's it's a payment plan, I guess. You're giving one hundred and eighty dollars, fifteen dollars a month. I mean, uh, we talked about it earlier. I think Reggie touched on this. I mean, people have different giving capacities. I have no idea what yours is. Sometimes I don't know what mine is. Um, sometimes I think mine's one thing, and it turns out being something else. <laughs> that happens a lot in uh, in my case. But we're encouraging people to give in whatever way, shape, or form you can. If you want to be a miracles maker, we'd love to have that. If you want to give a one-time contribution of $10 or $1,000 or $100,000, we'd certainly appreciate that. But we're not saying you got to give this way or you got to give um, that way. We're asking you for contributions. It'd be pretty arrogant if it's just to say, yeah, if you're going to contribute, make sure you contribute the way we want you to contribute. We're certainly not doing that. What McLeod is doing and the Radiothon is doing is try to create a, a multitude of ways for you to be comfortable with making a contribution. And you hear some of these bits so to speak, I mean, that's radio talk, but these, um, these, these, uh, the, the, these families that talk about the service and, um, and medical care they received here at McLeod Children's Hospital, it's compelling. I mean, it's, it, it's just, I mean, to begin with, it's very emotional. And, um, and I can't imagine, I can't imagine 
going to bed at night with a with, with a baby beside your bed that that belongs to you. I mean, God blessed you with that infant, and you don't know if the baby's going to live through the night or not. I mean, I can't I can't begin to fathom what sort of emotion you deal with when that's the case. But people deal with that. People will deal with that today. They'll deal with with it tomorrow and the next day and the and the day after. The majority of babies are born healthy. No question about it. The majority of babies don't need some of these advanced tech, uh, equipment. And I've got diapers and I've got stethoscopes Tiny. and I've got, yeah, I mean, Specialized just small equipment. things that uh, it really blows your mind. I got a little bear here with a diaper on. I hold in the palm of my hand and they tell me that that's the size of some of these preemies when they're when they're born. I mean, everybody wishes the kid were born or carried to full term and, and born healthy and everything's just A-OK. Not always the case and what we're trying to do is um you know encourage, encourage people to contribute to a hospital that has been over time as committed to addressing these issues as any hospital you know that I know of the only hospital in our area that really has addressed um, children's care as aggressively as McLeod here, or as McLeod has has here, and you've said it many times that you'd hope that uh, you you don't have a need for these type of services, but if you do need this type of service and facility, uh, won't you be glad that there's one here and available and pr- can provide the urgent uh, and critical care as it's needed? So you know, you know, that, that's the service that McLeod Children's Hospital provides to this entire region. Help me here for a second. I mean, there, there's a lot of analogies I can use. It's a little bit like life insurance. It's a little like a seatbelt. But there are certain things that we do in our lives in preparation for something we hope never happens. I mean, odds are I'm going to get in my truck and make it home today. You as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think I'm going to see you tomorrow morning, but you never know. I mean, you really and truly never, ever know. And whether you have a kid that needs this special care or somebody else has a kid who needs this special care, I think we all have a humanistic obligation one to another to try and address some of those. I think Dr. Gilpin yesterday really talked about the passion, you know, of the hospital, the the commitment of the hospital. Um, I mean, does somebody ask, hey, what do you want to do for a living? I want to work in a hospital that cares for premature babies that may or may not make it through the night. Count me out. I don't want any part of that. I mean, I want to pass out lottery tickets. I want to call football games. I want to be, you know, a quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. But but life is complicated. I mean, life presents us with um, challenges and opportunities that um, – I mean, when you, when you get in a car wreck and you've got your seatbelt on, guess what you've done? You've improved the likelihood that you're going to be okay. Uh, when you buy life insurance and something does happen that you never expected to happen, people are taken care of. And I think I look at children's hospitals in that same regard. Um, people aren't going to stop dying. People aren't going to stop getting in car wrecks. So wear your seatbelt, buy some life insurance, and contribute to a children's hospital that is trying to prepare for these inevitable unfortunate circumstances and and, you know it's easy to say well man that brings me down i don't want to talk about all that negativity and think about that and i had somebody tell me yesterday those those um those stories or testimonials you got play makes me cry well that's not the intent but the intent is to remind you and, and force upon you the realities of what the real world presents and 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 you know you may never need it, and I hope and pray you don't ever, ever need it. But somebody will. In fact, there are 20 plus 8 plus 24 that are utilizing the services of the Children's Hospital today. And i got to believe those 28 plus 24 people never imagined they would be in a children's hospital. I don't have any idea the severity of condition with any of those kids. But, but I know if you're in a PICU or a NICU, um, there are issues. 
and this hospital is trying to be better prepared to address those issues. And it, you know, they're counting on you to help. And it's once again, it's um, no child turned away. 100% of the money stays local. That's important to me. I mean, I've been a little bit, you know, reminding of um, of 100% of the money stays local because I hear a lot of chatter with people who contribute to charities about uh, should I or should I not? Where does the money go? How much is caught up in, in administrative costs? How much is in travel and all these other sorts of things? And some charities have done a lousy job of, uh, you know, taking your money and putting it to highest and best use. This hospital spends 100% of its money on this children's hospital. Every dollar we raise in this radiothon will go to provide better care for these kids. It's not about buying cars, not about building buildings. I mean, there are other funds that do that. I mean, the money we raise addresses some of these issues, whether it's diapers, whether it's um, stethoscopes. And, and you mentioned a second ago, it, it becomes a little more personal. We got these bears. These care bears and um, and you know your name is attached to this. It becomes very personal. It's a, it's kind of an interrelation between you know the, the the person who contributes X number of dollars and the kid that is in the hospital today as we speak. We've got a lot of different ways that we've allowed or trying to create a lot of different ways that allow you to contribute in a way you're comfortable with. We got uh, miracle makers. We've got one time contributions. We've got a website. My radio. Um, thon.com myradiothon.com there's some sports memorabilia if I'm not mistaken for an auction there's a, a, a Clemson football a Carolina football signed by Debo Sweeney and Shane Beamer there's some Atlanta Braves um, memorabilia and there's some um, help me here if Carolina Panthers, Carolina Panthers. Um, stuff on there uh, the Florence Flamingos, Flamingos. The Florence Flamingos got a guitar uh, signed an autographed guitar by Kelsey Bellarini. Yeah, and uh, so all of that is up for auction. And we have an ESPN uh, prize pack that includes, okay. you know, like uh, just different little things, you know, cups, you know, tumblers, uh, I think a, a sweatshirt and some other things provided by ESPN Radio. So a lot so of the, items on there, but you yeah. can find it. You click on the auction house link right there at myradiothon.com. My so tell them how to do that. I mean, my, you go to myradiothon.com yep. and then do what? Well, when you get there, you'll see that uh, there is a donate link. If you just simply want to make a donation, you can click on the link and make that donation right off of that site. But there's also a button called auction house. And if you click to that, it'll take you to the auction site, and then you can view the items that are up for auction and see what the current bids are. Now, of course, we're going to award the items uh, toward the end of the Radiothon on Friday, uh, but you can see what the bids are, place your bid, and uh, and we've started yesterday and the bids already started coming in, so if you want to get in on that, uh, go to myradiothon.com, and again, the link on there says Auction House. Just click on that. And how much money are we trying to raise? As much as we can. Exactly. As much as we can. There's not a number out there, some magic number that makes sure this hospital has exactly what it needs. But they'll, they'll spend the money smart. They'll spend the money uh, in the best interest of these kids. And, um, and we're encouraging our listeners. And you always have. I mean, you've always stepped up and been a part of this. Um, there's some concern across the country. Because of, the, um, of, because of what we do the other days during the week, I read a lot. I mean, I read about finance and the economy and politics and government and all these other sorts of issues. I mean, there's a lot of concern about the economy. There's uncertainty about the economy. Um, the, the, the word recession is thrown around a lot in the economic and political circles. Uh, we got midterm elections. So I get the angst. I mean, I understand the concern that a lot of people have. But, but I think Reggie said it. You know, everybody has a little something they can give. Some have a lot of something they can give, and um, and the charitable spirit I think has been reflected in um, our interaction with the audience that normally 
you know, discusses and argues and, and debates uh, politics and government and the economy and all these other sorts of things. And I, and I stand by the decision, um, and I'll, I'll let you a little inside baseball. I mean, we know we're heading to a midterm, and Rev and I are always concerned about, wow, man, we're heading to a midterm. We're going to take three days off of political discourse and, and, and start supporting a hospital. I have no regrets. I mean, I know we're doing the right thing. I know we are doing um, the right thing by prioritizing a hospital that cares for kids and not, you know, politicians all over the country trying to gain control of the Congress. And um, and we'll have plenty of time to get back to work on that. But I, um, I want to make an observation here because, you know, we have a, a, a group of volunteers here at our Palmetto Commercial Real Estate phone bank, and they're here to answer phone calls and take your pledges uh, directly when you call. They'll take the information. And they haven't been on the phone for a while. Have you noticed that? I have. The, the, the it's phones, quieter today than it was yesterday. The phones are not ringing, uh, and they haven't been for the last few minutes here. And you can know you can hear in the background when they do get a, a contribution or a donation or a pledge, uh, we hear the clappers and the bells going and everybody cheering. And I haven't heard that for a while. And uh, we're, we're here uh, to ask you to participate. So let's let's put these volunteers to work. That's what they're here for today. And you can talk directly to one of them. And they're sitting right. Just to give you a visual, you mentioned uh, we are on uh, in the concourse at McLeod. We're back on location. The last couple of years, we we, we broadcast the Radiothon you know, originating from our studio. Everybody was scared. And we were we were separated from the phone bank. I mean, they were here on campus in a conference room. We were at our radio studio doing the broadcast. So today we're back like we were at the beginning. So we're on location at McLeod, at the concourse, at the cafeteria. Mudflap and Palmer are set up across the way at their table. They're doing a 12-hour broadcast today. Uh, we're doing our four hours here across the way. In between us, the phone bank volunteers. But we do need the phone to ring uh, to put them to work. 843-777-4483. Uh, let's mention McCall Farms as our title sponsor. Harris Pest Control sponsoring the broadcast on Live 95 Palmetto Commercial Real Estate. Uh, they are uh, behind the phone bank today and also the Miracle Makers when you hear us talk about about Miracle Makers, King Cadillac, and our Power Hour sponsor this hour is Two Men and a Truck. We will take a break. We'll be back in just a few. Welcome back to Wake Up Carolina, McLeod Children's Hospital Radiothon edition, kind of a special edition of Wake Up Carolina. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, we'll be talking about not politics, not Republicans and Democrats in government and the economy, but rather a children's hospital and how you can help uh, better care for these kids. Matthew Hampton is with us this morning. Matthew is with a heart, child reach, I guess a paramedic. Is that right? Uh, EMT. Okay, EMT. Good morning, Matthew. How are you? Uh, doing well. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about what you do. Um, we've had several people um, yesterday and even this morning talk about this transportation ingredient within the neonatal care. Um, simple question. What happens when you receive a call for a neonatal transport? All right. Well, we normally stay at the ready at our station across the street um, and as soon as we're notified or activated by the NICU PICU staff we immediately come to the hospital and we're ready to transport that child wherever in the state that needs to go sometimes out of state. Matthew what specific training do paramedics and uh, and I guess the staff undergo to transport uh, these little teeny weeny I mean I'm thinking look at these infants I mean wow I just can't imagine handling and, and, and providing care for something that small but what sort of specific training is required right so we learn a lot about that in our EMT and paramedic classes in schools but on top of that we also rotate through the neonatal neonatal and pediatric ICUs to remain current on skills and updates to care and the adult team must complete a paramedic course 
complete 120 hours of bedside practical critical care experience at an academic medical center and maintain a minimum of eight hours per month in each ICUs. What type of patients would you normally care for? I mean, I understand, well, I guess the better question would be, what sort of patients are you equipped to care for? Um, I hate to be so vague, but really just about anything really? they're able to throw at us. Yes, we're able to bring or ICU to the patient. Whatever so, comes your way. Whatever comes our way. We're ready or child reach ambulance comes staff with a EMT, a nurse, and a RT, and we're ready to go 24-7, seven days a week. So as a great philosopher, Mike Tyson once said, everybody has a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Yes, sir. And when you get hit in the mouth, you really don't know what's coming your way, but you got to be prepared to exactly. deal with whatever. Because these are little kids, and they're the most important thing, or most important um, item in that family's life. Why do you believe, Matthew, it's important to have this service in this region? Well, we're the only true critical care transport service. And explain that. I mean, what does that mean, true critical care transport service? Well, for this area, the only other person in the state only other entity in the state that does this is MUSC. Uh, we're able to do many things. I mean, we can do things that normal EMS and your normal transport services cannot. When you call for child reach or when you call for heart reach, you're getting a, on child reach, you're getting an EMT, you're getting a nurse, and you're getting respiratory therapist. Um, when you call a normal transport service, you're getting a paramedic and a basic. Uh, on the heart reach side, you're getting a nurse and two paramedics to critical care paramedics, we're able to handle anything that's thrown at us. So you're a young guy. What what made you want to do this for a living? I mean, what 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 did you see that said I kind of want to be a part of that? Uh, there's no greater feeling and no greater honor in the world than being able to help someone that can't help themselves. And that was your calling. That I truly feel like that was my calling. Yes, Good deal. Sir. And you've been on a 24-hour shift. Yes, You're at the end of a 24-hour shift. <laughs> yes, sir. Good deal. So the coffee's keeping you going. <laughs> it is. It's, it's starting to kick in now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Appreciate you coming by. Well, thank, thank you, you a lot. Thank, thank you for what me. you do. And that's another element within caring for these children. Uh, they don't always get in the car and drive to the hospital. Sometimes you have to go get them under their terms and conditions, wherever they are, um, however critical they may be. That's what we're trying to do here, Rev. We're trying to raise money to better equip people like Matthew and the hospital coordinating together better care for these kids. Um, 843-777-4483. You can text the word McLeod to 51555. We're trying to do some um, some miracle makers here. I'll let you elaborate a bit, Rev. Yeah, we're getting ready to go shopping, and we'll elaborate in the next hour. We're going to go shopping for the Child Life Program here at McLeod Children's Hospital, and that'll start in just a few minutes at 8 o'clock. We thank McCall Farms and Harris Pest Control and Palmetto Commercial Real Estate, King Cadillac, two men in a truck, and all of our corporate sponsors who are underwriting our endeavor today here as we are live from the campus of McLeod. We're in the concourse right by the cafeteria. Our phone, it looks like they're doing a shift change at the phone bank over here. So uh, we'll have another group of folks ready to take your calls. Uh, in fact, we have, uh, I don't want to say nobody's there now. They're taking calls now at 843-777-4483. Uh, but we'll have a, a new group on the phone here starting in just a few minutes. If you'd like to become a miracle maker or make a one-time donation, it is very much encouraged and appreciated. Yep, encouraged and appreciated is exactly right. We'll take a break. We'll be back in just a few minutes from the campus of McLeod Health. I think I'm correct when I say we're halfway through this. Now, I have an advanced degree from the Hannah Pamplico School of Advanced Mathematics um, quantitative physics and mm -hmm. and um, and nuclear understandings, um, 
But if we did four hours yesterday, then a right. couple of hours today, yep. that means we're six hours into a 12-hour ordeal yep. or halfway home. I Am think I so. right? I think so. So have we done as well in the first two hours as we did four hours yesterday? It doesn't seem to be as busy. I, 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 I'm not I, being critical, I, but it, know it just doesn't seem sure. to be yeah. as busy. Um, did we do better yesterday, Rev, than we're doing today? I mean, the best we can do is still not good. I mean, we, you know, you, you and I are very limited in our in our capacities <laughs> no, and true. abilities. Very true. But um, we need to we need to kind of turn it up a notch here. We need to really get ourselves uh, motivated to help. I'll tell you one of the inspiring parts of this to me is to watch the business community of Florence rally around this cause. I mean, I'm looking over here and I see Pepsi everywhere. You know, you got a lot of Pepsi employees here. Uh, that's another sponsor of our feeble attempt at Radio Brilliance. Uh, they're not here to be paid. They're not here to promote Pepsi. They're here to answer the phones. And, and make sure we have a successful radiothon. But the only way we're going to have a successful radiothon is for you folks to contribute some of your hard-earned money. I'm not here to tell you how much to give. I mean, that's not my job. I'm here to try to motivate, facilitate uh, a conversation, provide information uh, that hope, uh, we hope, compels you to uh, pull a little money out of your wallet or bank account and help this hospital more successfully provide health care to these kids who uh, you've heard over and over and over again would rather be at Disney World, would rather be preparing to go to a, you know, a high school football game with their family, would rather be anywhere but here. But life dictates the condition of them having to be here. And if they're going to have to be here, Let's do as good a job as we can of promoting, providing uh, the necessary health care elements that, um, that create better outcomes. So we're doing a um, – we need 20 miracle makers, right? right? I mean, you, you do a better job of this than I do. The miracle maker is basically a contribution that they allow you to make over time. You can do a $15 per month contribution for one year equals, oh, what, 180 bucks. Um, now, if you've got 180 bucks laying around you're not sp- and it's not spoken for, then give the entirety of the 180 at one time. Some people would rather just, hey, tell me what I owe. Hit me one time and tell me what I need to do, and, and I'll do it instead of I'm um, dragging this thing out. Um, but they do have a way for you to base I mean, quote, unquote, make payments on your contribution because people understand. I mean, the hospital in McLeod understands that it's your hard-earned money, and they're asking you to make a contribution out of generosity of your hard-earned money. And um, there's uncertainty about the economy. Um, there's a uh, – we hear the recession word a lot, and people get uh, concerned when that's the case. But, um, but, but many of you have done well, and you have a – a spare dollar or two to um, to contribute to this hospital, care for these kids, and that's what we're asking you to do. And Rev, we're going shopping this uh, this power hour. I'll um, I'll defer to you. We are shopping this hour for the Child Life program, and our goal is 20 miracle makers this hour. And we've just started with our first two, so we have two of our 20. And uh, since you have that advanced degree from Pamplico, that means we need. Say it again. <laughs> we have two. We want 20. We need 18 more. Hey, very good. Very we good. need 18 more. Um, and, and the child life program, so think about this. Uh, there are 20 uh, kids on the hospital, the children's hospital floor right now. There mm-hmm. are eight in the PICU and 24 in the NICU. That's right now, today, right here in the building we're in at uh, McLeod 
health in uh, Florence. And so those children are there today. The Child Life Program, they do a, a, a variety of things to, to help with the, the family experience in the children's hospital. Toys and games for children uh, that can play a distracting role for kids that are scared for what's going on. Camps, supplies to educate children uh, with a chronic illness. And there's they also support the playroom. We talked earlier this morning about the playroom upstairs here at the, the children's hospital upstairs for the kids. So the, the Child Life specialist helps uh, navigate those issues with families. They they help explain illnesses and what's happening to a child or to a family. And so uh, it plays an important role in the experience. We had a, had a family member earlier today who, who described the experience in the hospital and how those type of folks and those programs really help with, uh, you know, making the, the, the best out of what is not a great situation. And so it does play an important role for the kids, for the families, the Child Life Program here. So the money we're asking for this hour, your donation, the Miracle Makers this hour, the $15 a month contribution at 843-777-4483 is to support the Child Life Program. We want 20 of them. We've started with two. Okay, on the other, uh, not the other show we do, it's the same show, we're just doing a different thing yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We talk sports at the beginning of our um, political show quite a bit, especially during college football season. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to specifically kind of focus on the items we have with the website, MyRadioThon.com. I'll let Reb tell you in a second how you can log on and go to the uh, I go to go to the side of which you can make a bid. But we have a Clemson football signed by Dabo Sweeney, a Gamecock football signed by Shane Beamer. We have some Atlanta Braves memorabilia. We have some uh, Carolina Panthers things. We have some um, Florence Flamingo things. But I want to concentrate on the, uh, on the footballs for a second. Now, this is kind of my thing. You ready? Yep. I mean, you know how passionate I am about college football. Um, college football is living proof there's a God in heaven because man could not have invented a game uh, that perfect. We got a great weekend in store for us this weekend, right? I mean, from what I'm reading, the weather in, uh, in Tiger Town will be about 70-some-odd degrees and clear. The weather in Columbia will be about 70-some-odd degrees and clear. So we've got a beautiful, spectacular weekend in store for us. Uh, the home team Clemson is playing Syracuse, big game. Uh, the Gamecocks in Columbia at Williams-Brice are playing Texas A&M, a big game. So right now, people should be optimistically focused on Saturday, right? I mean, Clemson's 13.5-point favorites. I Gamecocks am. are three, three-and-a-half-point underdogs. I mean, if you'd gone into the season as a Gamecock fan and believe that um, when your Gamecocks take the field against Texas A&M, you're going to only be a three-and-a-half-point underdog, I'll take that. I mean, I'm a Gamecock loyalist. I would have taken that. So here's what I'm asking. I mean, the refs talked a lot about the miracle makers. We talked a lot about the one-time contributions. Let's focus on these two footballs for a second. Because a couple of years ago or several years ago, we had someone contribute 1000 bucks. They basically auctioned off the football, and the Will Muschamp ball bought $1,000. This is a friendly competition. It's a rivalry. They feed off one another. Um, Clemson does something. Carolina does something else. I mean, and, and once again, I think both universities are better because of one another, the competition between the two schools. What better way to show your support for the Gamecocks or Tigers than to advance health care in a children's hospital? Not only do you get to show your loyalty to the Garnet Gamecock Army, 
the Orange Clemson Army. All the proceeds go toward uh, providing better health care to these kids. So I'm challenging Gamecock Nation and Tiger Nation. I'm better challenging Gamecock Nation because I feel like, who are you to tell me, Tiger? I mean, you know what? You see where I'm headed? <laughs> I mean, who are you as a Gamecock to tell me as a Clemson fan what I should or should not do? Let's set that aside. Let's set that petty difference aside for a second, and let's, let's get the auction going on these two footballs. I mean, there's no reason. There's, there's, there's not a Gamecock fan or a Tiger fan out there willing to spend 1000 bucks on a, on a Shane Beamer signed ball. And it's not that the, what is the Beamer ball worth. It doesn't matter what it's worth. I mean, you're exuding generosity. You're supporting a hospital. And you're, um, and you're basically telling your Tiger brethren, look, we, we've got more for a Shane Beamer ball than you do for a Dabo Sweeney ball. So, you know, the, I think there's a spirited competition. Obviously, there's a, a spirited competition between the two teams on the, on the gridiron of the baseball diamond, the hard court. I mean, it's, it's, um, I mean, it's been that way all my life. But, but right now, I'm asking um, a, a lot of our listeners who love college football, love athletics, let, let's, let's go to MyRadioThon.com and let's breathe some energy in this auction about these two footballs and let's see if um, one or the other, first one to 1000 bucks. How about that? First one to 1000 bucks, Beamer or Dabo. Let, let's do that in the name not of, you know, Gamecock football or Tiger football, but rather raising money for a children's hospital that is going to care for a kid, whether they've got a Tiger paw on their pajamas or a chicken on their pajamas. Rev, how can they bid on these two footballs? MyRadioThon.com, and there is an auction house link right there. If you click on the auction house, it'll take you directly to the auction page, and you can scroll through all the items, and I'm just taking, I'm on there right now, and I'm taking a look, and just to give you an update, we have two autograph balls uh, from each, so two Shane Beamer balls, two Dabo Sweeney balls, and uh, one of the Beamer balls is at $200. The other one is at $120. Both of the Dabo balls are 120. Okay. So Beamer is actually a little hit, right? So, how in the world, Mm. how in the world can a Shane Beamer football be worth more than a Dabo Sweeney football? Dabo Sweeney is a two time national championship coach, uh, how many time ACC champion? Uh, Beamer's kind of an upstart, uh, you know, breathing a lot of optimism and energy into into a program that was floundering, find a big win against Kentucky. This is not a sports show. I don't want to make it about sports. It's about a a children's hospital. But we had two football programs and two football coaches kind enough to donate, you know, their namesake on some memorabilia. And I think it's an interesting, just kind of a, um, it's a fun and competitive ordeal. So, so Gamecock Nation, let's figure out a way to get that one of those Beamer balls to a thousand bucks. I'm similar to, to Clemson. I mean, I'm issuing a challenge as a Gamecock fan. You know, let's get that Clemson Tiger Dabo Sweeney signed football to a thousand bucks, and um, and all that money once again goes to the Radiothon. You get a football. You get a football signed by either Dabo Sweeney or Shane Beamer. But more than anything, you make a a pretty significant contribution to our efforts here, trying to raise money to better care. Uh, for these kids. That's absolutely true. MyRadioThon.com and click on Auction House there. And you mentioned earlier about the the, the local corporate partners that are, are supporting this Radiothon and the and the Children's Hospital here at McLeod. And they do in the way of, like you say, Pepsi. There's some Pepsi volunteers at the uh, at the phone bank table right now. And, and we talk about our uh, underwriters a lot. And these are our local partners and businesses that make the broadcast possible. And they underwrite the cost of, of what we're doing, the on-location broadcast uh, today and throughout the three-day event. McCall Farms is our title sponsor. And uh, Harris Pest Control is our 
station sponsor for Live 95 and our phone banks. We, we talk about the phone banks a lot. Uh, Palmetto Commercial Real Estate is underwriting the phone banks uh, for us today. We have King Cadillac and uh, also when we talk about Miracle Makers. And uh, this hour, again, we're shopping for the Child Life Program and our goal is 20 Miracle Makers. Uh, so far, uh, our update is just two, two of the 20. And so we need to get 18 more to hit our goal this hour. And our Miracle Maker sponsor on the broadcast is Palmetto Commercial Real Estate. The number for you to become a Miracle Maker, that's that $15 a month donation. And that's a total of $180 for the year. If you want to do that, you want to do a one-time donation. We're also, of course, very appreciative of that. But the number to call to talk to one of our phone bank volunteers right now, right here, is 843-777-4483. And it does seem to the pace has picked up a little bit here recently. Yep. We're hearing more of the um, more of the clappers, and you can hear the background. The clappers uh, represent someone making a Miracle Maker donation. 843, as Rev said, 777-4483. We're trying to have 20 this hour. We only have two. Now, that's the latest update. I'm sure we'll get um, an update here sooner than later, but, um, but we need 20. We have two. Uh, let me do the pamphlet. 18 more. 18 more we need uh, real quick. Yeah, only those who graduated from the Advanced School of um, Mathematics and Quantum Physics can, uh, can understand that. Local hospital um, caring for local people. 100% of the money stays here local. Um, no child is ever turned away. Health care, medical care um, is complicated in America. You know, it's, it's, it's frustrating for those of us who try to work through, through the system. Um, and once again, we, we kind of got on this um, rant yesterday of life is fair or is life unfair. Life is, by and large, I think, fair. I mean, most of the time when you make a good decision, there's something good that happens at the end of those good decisions. When you make bad decisions, there's accountability at some time. Kids are along for the ride. I mean, kids don't have a say as to whether, you know, they go this way or that way. They've got to, um, they've got to go the way the caregiver or the, uh, the parent guardian uh, decides to go. And, um, and we can't forget that. We've got to remember how important that is in these um, ordeals. So, um, so, once again, to the Clemson football and Gamecock football, I want to issue a challenge. And it's a friendly challenge. It's not a football game on, on Saturday afternoon. It's an auctioning of a couple of footballs signed by Shane Beamer and Dabo Sweeney. And, um, and I know the general spirit of both of those fan bases. I mean, I'm a Gamecock, but I got many, many, many good friends who are Clemson Tigers. And other than that one day a year, you know, we get along just fine and support very common causes. So, um, yeah, let's get the um, – And I do want to mention the fact that uh, we want to thank – Coach Sweeney and Coach Beamer, uh, the University of South Carolina, Clemson University, for making uh, making these donations because, you know, really what they did was donate to the auction for us. And we have a lot of people to thank, including uh, one thing on the on, – we haven't talked about this, but it's uh, tickets to a Red Sox-Yankees game at Fenway. Um, and it's a game date to be determined when the schedules come out and it works out. But that's provided by uh, the CEO of Community Broadcasters who lives in Boston, who has access to those. So uh, the Boston Red Sox-Yankees uh, game, you can get a set of tickets. Um, we have Carolina Panthers provided a lot of autographed items as well. We have an autographed guitar, Kelsey Ballerini, a, uh, a country star. And so that's up there for auction. And we have a $100 bid is currently the bid on that. A merchandise package uh, courtesy of ESPN and ESPN Radio. Um, the Florence Flamingos, we have a bat and shirt in beautiful pink there with the Florence Flamingos. Um, more Panthers items, a downtown Florence package. Uh, the Atlanta Braves uh, provided a couple of autograph items. We have an Eddie Rosario uh, autograph, number eight, baseball, and a Guerrero Heredia autograph, 
bat from the Atlanta Braves. And a lot of this comes as a result of being an affiliate station. I mean, you know, when, yep. when you're a, um, I mean, at community broadcasters has an affiliation with the uh, Clemson Tigers, South Carolina Gamecocks, Atlanta Braves, Carolina Panthers, uh, and these programs, excuse me, these sports teams appreciate you know, um, putting their product over the airways. And Rev does a wonderful job. I mean, I don't pat him on the back much because he doesn't deserve it much, but I will pat him on the back this one rare occasion. But, um, I mean, the relationship we have with Clemson, uh, I mean, it's a good relationship. The relationship we have with South Carolina is a good relationship. The Panthers, the Braves, we are an ESPN affiliate. So the, um, the relationship with the gold standard of sports and entertainment is something that pays dividends. But, um, yeah, when you reach out to these sports teams, they're always inclined to be generous. They always um, send, you know, things that are in demand. And um, so, yeah, go to MyRadiothon.com. Make a bid if you're a Braves fan. Bid on some of the Braves. memorabilia if you're a Panthers fan. There's some Panther offerings there. I'm more in tune with the Gamecock-Tiger rivalry as we head ever closer to um, the Saturday after Thanksgiving this year in Death Valley. Ain't been much fun for a Gamecock fan recently, but um, who knows what tomorrow may hold. But it's not about football. It's not about coaching. It's not about, you know, a rivalry. It's more about a fan base showing their support for a children's hospital in a way that does, uh, you know, uh, exclaim priority over one or superiority uh, one program over the other. I would be remiss if I didn't give credit to Wayne Mulling, who is our vice president. He really worked uh, with uh, all of our affiliations that you were talking about to get these items donated this year, and he's been on that for, for several weeks and months to, to put all this together, so he gets the credit for that. Um, we're, we're shopping this hour, and I just saw an update on the total, so you know we're going for 20 Miracle Makers for the Child Life Program. We're, we're raising funds to support the Child Life Program and the Child Life Specialist. Um, we have five of the 20 so far. So our goal this hour, 20 Miracle Makers, and uh, we, we have five. So that means we need 15 more to hit our goal this hour as we are shopping for the Child Life Program. Good deal. We'll take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Wake Up Carolina, special edition of Wake Up Carolina. We're at the McLeod Children's Hospital, uh, excuse me, at the McLeod Health Center and uh, on the concourse, but we're on behalf of the McLeod Children's Hospital Radiothon. Um, we try the best we know how to articulate what we think you need to do. I mean, Rev's doing this. I'm doing this. I've never had a kid in the children's hospital. I mean, I can't give a personal testimony. I've read a lot about it. We've spoken to many, many voices that better understand this than we do. But I've always felt the best motivation is that personal testimony. Someone who has been at the hospital has lived the benefit of the hospital. And we have with us this morning Mary Shaw Curvin. Uh, Mary's got a guest with her. Mary Louise Curvin, 16 months old, is with her. And Mary Louise likes those clappers. She, um, all the noise and, and things going on gets her a little she bit. She loves the donations. Yeah, I, I can see that. If you make me cry, I'm going to fight you now. And I, and I mean this sincerely. But, but Mary Shaw, if you don't mind, um, I don't say tell us why you're here this morning, but tell us a little bit about the story with Mary Louise. Absolutely. So um, I was a lot like you before I had her. Uh, she was my first baby, had a super normal pregnancy. Um, no complications at all. And then uh, one week it all went downhill. I started feeling terrible, went to OB triage because I thought I was dehydrated. And turns out I had a severe help syndrome, which is um, just kind of like severe preeclampsia. It affects your liver, 
your um, platelet count, liver enzymes, all that kind of stuff. So she had to come quickly, immediately at 32 weeks. Um, I had no experience or knowledge of NICU or the Children's Hospital planned for just a delivery in whatever way the doctors told me. Um, But it definitely wasn't that. So in a matter of 36 hours, I went from pregnant to her being in NICU away from me, never got to see her or hold her. And um, it was it was hard. It was really hard. But the amazing staff in NICU and uh, being in the new NICU unit, especially the rooms, it was so comforting. And the biggest thing I really want everybody to know about the Children's Hospital is if you can't relate, if you've never had a children or a child in the hospital before, even the donation of supplying the equipment, um, it makes the parents that are there just not feel so alone. We spend a lot of time in those rooms. You know, I was there 12, 13, 14 hours a day, and even the supplies, the you know, the pumping equipment, the bottle warmers, all of those things were hers. They stayed in her room, and, you know, it, it just made it feel like hers. And so we, we really appreciate all that so much. And she stayed there six weeks. She was. She so was how there. much interaction did you get to have with her during those six weeks? Um, well, thankfully, they're set up here that I got to parent her and be a mom to her in the room here just as I would at home. So I was able to pump and feed her in the way that I would at home. And the nurses were so supportive of that. And um, we could decorate her little isolate bed and crib with her own blankets and it was so nice it, it really was and that's not me kicking the table that's mary louise kicking that the is, table that is here over the, uh, over the, that's fine i mean that, that, she's a, we, we've got everybody handing her bears back here okay so. well as challenged as she was in that period of time doesn't look to me she's challenged at all she's right not she's not and everybody told me at the time it, it feels hard but you're not gonna believe in a year she's you'll never know she was here and um, so for any other parent with a child in the children's hospital, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, before you know it, it the time has passed and they're running around just like every other baby, eating dirt and <laughs> licking daycare toys. Well, let me ask you a question. because This is a weird question. Okay, you go there, you're scared to death. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know things aren't normal. You don't know what they are, but they aren't normal. When did you feel okay? I mean, when did something, did something ever come over you that said, okay, these people know what they're doing. They're taking care of my kid. My baby's going to be just fine. I mean, it's a roller coaster. Sure. You know, there's 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 days you don't feel good. There's nights you're scared because there's there's the mom guilt when you, when you have to go home and shower sometimes. So those days you always uh, question that. But to be honest, night one, um, Trey was our night nurse that night, and um, he's he was phenomenal. So I couldn't go down for 36 hours because of my liver condition. I couldn't get out of the bed. But once I was able to go down. Uh, Trey talked me through everything. She was on the ventilator at the time in an isolate bed. She had a lot of cords connected to her. And even the cords that aren't um, supplying anything, just monitoring her, there's there's three of those, four of those at any given time. So it's just scary as a first-time mom to see a small baby hooked up to all that. But Trey was so good at walk, explaining everything to me, explaining the equipment, what they were looking for, what they were doing to, to a first-time mom in layman's sure. terms. And um, gave me a really good update of what was to come. And 
um, I don't know how other units operate, but here at this unit, I could call any time of night. So if, if I chose to go home at night and sleep in my bed, obviously I, I woke up to pump during the night. And if I thought about her, I'd call at 2 in the morning. I talked to Leslie here beside me multiple times um, when I wasn't here. All the night nurses, they would give me a, the full update on the phone just as if I was here. So it's not really the building and the equipment and the, uh, the technology. It's the people as much. I mean, the, the, the it, people made you feel as comfortable as the, the hospital did. It is. It is. But the hospital and the equipment's a sure. big part of it, too, because like you said, that's that's your home. That was our home for six weeks. I spent more time in that room than I did in my actual home. I wish you could see what uh, Mary Louise is doing. <laughs> she, she wants she to, wants to be part of she it. She wants to be at that microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she can. No question about it. Well, thank you, and congratulations. And there's another um, I mean, that, that uh, we need to shut up and let these people talk and explain, uh, because once again, that's far more human uh, and real than anything we could say. But thank you very much, Mary Shaw. Thank you all so thank much. You. And thank you all for all the help. And thank you. Thank you, Mary Louise, as well. She wants to um, get a microphone. Yeah. You knew that was coming. Yep. We've done this enough to know what they're going to do. Their attention <laughs> focuses on that microphone. It's foreign. It's unusual. It's something they don't see a lot of. And, um, and they go after uh, the microphone sooner than later. But but once again, I think for She's people. She's can be, too. Oh, I mean, this can oh. be. No question about it. Uh, yeah, those, those little kids have little problems. They turn into big kids with big problems. <laughs> so sooner or later, you and I both can relate uh, very much to that. I think it's interesting. The, I mean, without saying it, she said, yeah, the building's important. The equipment is how you provide the care. But the people, I mean, the people in the building and the commitment and passion they have about taking care of kids. We had a good friend of mine. Uh, make a major contribution a second ago. I don't want to call names. He didn't want his name called, but I want to thank him personally. Um, and he was, you know, kind of, I don't think we did it. I think some of these stories did it about, um, I think we all understand, Rev. And, I mean, you've been blessed and I've been blessed. And um, to some degree, uh, to many degrees, but I think we all understand. And I, I don't want to be a spiritual superhero, and I don't want to inject religion into a non-religious. I have to be careful with government and hospitals and all that good stuff. But, um but I think very often people who have done well financially in life and have the ability to give believe it's because they worked hard and they did this. And there's some of that. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. Uh, the, I think the world and our economic system rewards people that work hard. Uh, I think we probably reward people that don't work hard too much. Anyway, that's a story for, for another day. Um, but I can't help myself when I go down that road. But, but I, I just believe that your, your, your financial... Um, your, your financial good standing is a blessing. I mean, it truly is. I mean, I believe this with every fiber of my being. If you're one of those people who have had the, the, the fortune of taking a dollar, turning into two, two, turn into four, four, turn, turn into eight, it's a gift God gave you. And it's a blessing that, um, that God will hold you accountable to one day and help you help, how you help your fellow man, whether it's contributing to a children's hospital, the homeless, the downtrodden. I mean, we all have unique interests. We have unique callings, and we all are compelled to be supportive of things that, that aren't self-serving. They aren't in our best interest. Uh, we, we prioritize things that we like. You know where I'm headed? In other words, the things that I'm – we're getting a picture here? Yeah, we're going to take a picture yeah. here, so stand by. They're we'll far cuter life. than we are, yeah, but right. we'll, um, <laughs> we'll add live here and make it up as we go for a second. Thank you. Thank you all. Yeah. Um, but, but getting back to the point, uh, you know, I mean, I get caught up in this. When I, when I, you know, do something and make a little money and I think, man, you were smart over there. I mean, you really outsmarted your other. You know what I mean? You, you've yeah. done well. I mean, look at how, Me, I'm, look at I'm how smart you are. Yeah, look at how great you are. No, I, I just, as I get older, I, I think I realize – 
It's all a blessing from God. I mean, it's all a gift that God allows us to have while we live in our earthly presence. And I think ultimately, you know, those of us who have done better than average will probably be expected to explain, you know, what you did with that abundance. And um, and I had a friend a second ago that felt compelled to, to make a major gift, and I want to thank him personally um, because I know how he's wired. And I think his hardwiring is that. This isn't mine. I mean, I'm the temporary custodian of whatever blessings uh, may come my way, but, um, but this isn't mine. And, uh, and the giving back and, and trying to help this hospital provide better care for kids is something that, um, that I think we all have a unique interest in. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make the, the person who can't make a major contribution any less significant. Reggie talked a little bit about, you know, the lady at the well. I mean, giving a, per, a proportion of what you have is um, it's meaningful, no question about it. So, uh, so, yeah, different people from different walks of life, different earning capacities, different abilities to give. All of us have, a, um, I think, an obligation. I'm not saying you have an obligation to give to this hospital. I'm not suggesting that by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think people who have been blessed financially have an obligation and a responsibility to make the world a better place with their, with their financial blessings. I can't think of a better place than this children's hospital to try and make this uh, a roaring success. 843-777-4483. That's 843-777-4483. You can text the word McLeod to 51555. I'll let you give an update on our Miracle Makers. Yeah, this hour we are shopping for the Child Life Program in support of the uh, the equipment and all of the uh, the pieces and parts of the Child Life Program, including toy, toys and games, camp supplies that help educate children about illnesses, and playroom, the playroom. We've talked about the playroom upstairs here at the McLeod Children's Hospital. So our goal this hour is 20 Miracle Makers, and it looks like we are at 14 of our 20 right now. So that means that, we're six short. Okay, six it is. Six then. short. 843 uh, to help support the Child Life Program, and that is our goal this hour. We love the Miracle Makers, the $15 a month pledges and contributions. We love the the one-time contributions as well. They all make a difference. You know that. Uh, Today, right now, there are 20 kids on the children's hospital floor. There's 20 kids in the hospital upstairs. The PICU has eight, and the NICU has 24. They are here and, uh, and the kids that are here are benefiting from your contributions. You know, the bear, when you become a miracle maker, your name tag gets put on a bear with your name on it, and the kids get these bears that uh, give them some comfort at a time that is really not so comfortable. Uh, we'll mention McCall Farms and Harris Pest Control and Palmetto Commercial Real Estate and King Cadillac, our sponsors uh, for all of our uh, events this hour, including the Phone Bank and the Miracle Maker sponsor, Palmetto Commercial Real Estate, and a King Cadillac sponsoring all the hours and the Live 95 broadcast sponsor, Harris Pest Control, and of course, uh, McCall Farms. We couldn't do it without any of those folks that are that want to support the, the radio broadcast and ultimately support the Children's Hospital here at McCall. I am honored to be a spoke in the wheel. We're but a spoke in the wheel, but it's a wheel that um that turns in a very, very positive direction. Take a break. Back in just a minute. This is our last hour of the uh, of the day. Second day of the uh, I mean not second day of the week. It's fourth day of the week. Second day we've been we've been here. We'll get back to business as usual on Monday. But today and tomorrow for the um for the four hours of Wake Up Carolina, we'll be back here on the campus of McLeod Health on behalf of the McLeod Children's um, Hospital Radiothon. Uh, I want to do this. Can, can I take some personal privileges for one second? Sure. Um, you don't have to ask me. I don't know. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm not effective at anything I've done here. I mean, we, we have the best rate fundraising periods after folks who work here come on the air or families who have been affected positively by the um, 
by the healthcare amenities here, but but I want to do what I can. So here's what I'm going to do. You ready? Mm-hmm. I like to um, instigate things. Okay. So as a Gamecock fan, I'm going to make a bid. How do I do this? I'll get you to help me when the show's over. Okay. So as a Gamecock fan, I want to make a bid on the Shane Beamer football, one of the balls for 500 bucks. Oh. And okay. I dare, I dare a Clemson fan <laughs> to to um to bid more than five hundred uh, on a Dabo. I see ball. what you're doing here. A personal a personal challenge to my Clemson friends. Um, I'm going to um once again. You'll help me when we when we get off the air. Okay. But I want to make a bid for five hundred bucks on one of the Beamer balls. And I gotta believe there's a Clemson. I know there are Clemson fans out there. More money than I got. I mean, I'm sure of that. But I just wonder if they've got the um the fortitude to accept the challenge from a a poor old Gamecock. From a town with no stoplight. We <laughs> okay. shall see. All right. Um, we'll so, see if so they there. step up. Yeah, and you, you're, you're, you're stepping up. I'm stepping up. Okay. I'm stepping up, and um, and uh, 500 bucks on one of the on one of the Gamecock balls. The Dabo ball should be worth more than the Beamer ball. It won't eventually. I mean, when Beamer wins his third national championship, that Gamecock ball will be more expensive than the Dabo ball. Um, but a little jab at my at yep. my Clemson fans, Clemson <laughs> friends, and I mean that sincerely. This is not about orange and garnet. I mean, it will be in November. And Clemson fans have gotten the best of Gamecock fans here in the last, what, seven or eight years. Um, we would have beat Seems them like in the COVID year. I mean, I'm convinced of that. The year the game was postponed, Clemson didn't know what they had coming their way. <laughs> we had super play after, yeah, after I super that play. Yeah, you believe that like I do. <laughs> anyway, um, so, so since we don't do as good a job as we should, we're going to get some of these um, people who work in these um, affiliated fields around the Children's Hospital. One is um, Lauren McKenzie. She said she's nervous. I don't know why. You heard the nonsense we just spewed for uh, five or six minutes. She is the Hero Fund Coordinator at the Children's Hospital. Good morning, ma'am. How Good are morning. you? Good morning. So, so let's talk a little bit about, um, first of all, what does the Hero Fund stand for? So the Hero Fund stands to help eliminate and remove obstacles for children while they're here at the hospital with us. And those obstacles would be things like what? I mean, what would um, if someone makes a contribution to the Hero Fund, what, what is one of the likely ways that contribution will be spent? So when the babies leave the NICU area, we can help purchase formula for them to go home with. We also have children that come in with special needs that need specialized car seats. We have children that come in, like Dr. Gilpin was talking earlier, with um, casts that come up to the um, hip. And so they need, it's easier for them to get around in a wagon. And so we can just purchase different things to help families. We help with medication. Um, We just help with different areas. So what Whatever sort, the need may be. What other sorts of ways do you raise money? I mean, are there other events? Are there other... Um, so Chef and Child, anything that okay. the foundation puts on, part of that can come to the Hero Fund. So you benefit from any any contribution made in, in the Chef and Child or any of the other... Ch- I mean, if it's, if, it's, if, it's a, if it's a donation or contribution made in the name of the Children's Hospital, the Hero Fund benefits Correct. from that. Yes. Okay, is there a personal story... I mean, is there a kid or two or three or a, um, uh, I don't know, a story that you remember more than any other? Yes. So a couple of months ago, we had a, a child here. She was here for several months with us, and she was missing her prom. So the Hero Fund was actually able to go out and purchase a prom for her. Um, we were able to get a dress for her, and we got her all dressed up and went to the NICU area and had it all decorated. And her prom date actually came here, so we had a little mini prom for her before he actually went to the real prom. Okay, what ages? She was it, a senior in high school. So the Hero Fund is not specifically to the infants no. that we've talked a lot about. This is 
for from uh, I don't know any age of adolescent. Is that is that fair to That's, say? Yes. Okay. Um, what ages. made you want to do this? I mean, what made you want to be a part of? I mean, you're the Hero Fund coordinator. Yes. What what, what motivates you every day to do a better job than you did yesterday? Anything to put a smile on the children's faces while they're here. They go through so much. And as a parent that has a child that has medical problems herself, it's just anything to be able to give back and to help out while they're here with us. Well, we appreciate you. Thank Thank you very much. That is Lauren McKenzie, the Hero Fund Coordinator. And I would imagine, Rev, you and I don't get to do the math on this, but any contribution made to the Children's Hospital, a percentage, probably makes its way to the Hero Fund Coordinator. And uh, it sounds to me like they're doing things in the name of allowing kids to live as normal as they can while they're dealing with whatever events they're they're dealing with. I mean, I can't imagine, and I mean this sincerely. You and I were talking during the break a second ago. I mean, I'm nearly 60. I've never spent a night in the hospital. I mean, I went, I tore my meniscus, um, breaking the world record in a, uh, a half triathlon. and um, <laughs> That wasn't the story you told me, but go ahead. <laughs> no, the sidewalk had a little lip in it. <laughs> and I tripped on the lip of the sidewalk and tore my meniscus. That's called getting old. Yeah. Um, and I had to go get my meniscus repaired, but we did it as an outpatient. I mean, I have been disgustingly, disgustingly healthy, knock on wood. Everybody else hadn't. You know, my sister had a lot of complications in her life. My, my sister was afflicted with spinal muscular atrophy. Um, never walked a day in her life. Died at the age of 29. Uh, was confined to a wheelchair. And I, I just remember uh, my father searching for answers, looking for ways to make her life more normal than it was. And it was frustrating. I mean, it drove him crazy because he was a fix-it guy. You know what I mean? He was self-employed, an entrepreneur, and he could fix anything that came his way, but he couldn't fix that. And I remember going to, going to a hospital. I didn't go. I mean, I remember my parents leaving my brother and I at home when my sister was a little small child going to the University of Montreal. They had some um, world-renowned expert in the field of spinal muscular atrophy. And I remember the, um, the hope and optimism. Here we go with optimism again <laughs> that my father exuded in knowing he was going, you know, to get some sort of um, better-than-average care. And, uh, and, and, you know, hope's a powerful thing. You know that. I know that. So, so here what we're trying to do is raise money for a children's hospital that are not only trying to provide quality health care, the best available health care, but also give a little hope to these families that life can get back to normal um, quicker than even they may expect it to get back to normal. The only way we do that is you contri- uh, you making a contribution in the name of the Children's Hospital. Uh, last hour, I had a good friend of mine, very generous soul, who's done well in business, made a big contribution um, I've done, you know, probably, I'm probably out kicking my cover to getting over my head. I check my balance here before I <laughs> make yeah, you better do that. On, on that commitment to the football. But uh, I like to compete. I mean, you know that. I like competition. So I'm making a bid on the game, on the uh, Beamer ball at 500 bucks, daring, daring, with, you know, just waiting with bated breath that one of you uh, Clemson fans will try to um, exceed the amount I'm putting on the Gamecock ball on one of your Clemson Tiger Dabo Sweeney balls. Yeah, the uh, the website, by the way, we have auction items, including the uh, the footballs that uh, we're talking about here that Ken's going to put his $500 bid on in a few minutes. I think I can. Let me clear that in my wife right, before call, I know I'm good. <laughs> call the bank. Well, I asked uh, her this morning. I said, what's my limit? She said, you can do that, but don't you do any more of that. MyRadiothon.com is the website. MyRadiothon.com and click on the auction. And it'll Tell take about it. some of the things they've got here because Mudflap did something very kind. 
I mean, our, our country want, music guy did I, something I very, to, very kind. Yeah, I want to see if he can, uh, if he'll come over and talk to us. Maybe if not today, uh, tomorrow morning. Okay. He, he has a story behind it, but he has a poster uh, that he acquired early in his radio career that's autographed by George Strait. And there's a picture of it right there, mm-hmm. and it's on the on the auction site. And it's a, it's a personal, you know, it's a personal item of his, and he has put it up. Now he's asking for a large, a very large uh, donation for it. But uh, he has offered it up for uh, someone to bid on. Obviously, all the money going to McLeod Children's Hospital. That's coming out of his his personal items, his personal memorabilia, if you will. So I'd like to hear more of that story if, if we can get him over here. Maybe again, maybe tomorrow morning he can come over and talk to us when they're not on the air over on Cat Country. But um, there, there's that item, the autograph uh, George Strait poster. We have a pair of tickets for a Red Sox Yankees game next season at Fenway. Uh, the CEO of Community Broadcasters in Boston has a relationship with the Red Sox. And he's going to provide uh, tickets to one of the games. I don't know that the, the schedules are out yet, but a game to be determined. Red Pro- Sox probably Yankees. the most storied rivalry in Major League Baseball. Sure, sure. At uh, at Fenway, uh, which is a treat itself. I mean, that's a that's a legendary place. So uh, we'll have a set of tickets, and those uh, there's no bid on those yet. So you go to myradiothon.com and take a look. Okay, we have this uh, two Shane Beamer autographed footballs. Uh, one of them, the current bid is at two hundred dollars. And the other one, the current bid is $120. And, uh, and of course, you're going to bid 500 on I'm one of these. 500 on the Gamecock football. One of the Gamecock footballs you can put my name on at $500. Bucks. Uh, we have several uh, Carolina Panthers autographed footballs and football helmets uh, that are provided by our friends at the Carolina Panthers. We have an autographed guitar by Kelsey Ballerini, who is a country star. And uh, so her guitar has been autographed and provided for auction here. Uh, current bid on that one is $100. If you'd like to, you know, something interests you and you'd like to have that guitar with the autograph, you can bid uh, bid more. We have an ESPN merchandise package provided by our friends at ESPN Radio. Uh, the Florence Flamingos, we have a, a pink bat that's autographed by players and a pink T-shirt as well. Very flamingo-looking. Uh, that has a bid of $100 on it, so you can uh, bid on that as well. And we have the two Dabo Sweeney autographed footballs, uh, and they're both at $120. That's the current bid on the uh, the Dabo Sweeney. Football. Maybe there's not as much excitement in the Clemson football world as I thought there was. I, I mean, th- maybe it's a little bit phony. Maybe it's a little bit yeah. shallow. Maybe it's maybe. a little bit um, not as real as I imagine my <laughs> Clemson brethren to be. If a Gamecock fan can dole out 500 bucks for an unproven coach like Shane Beamer, surely the Tiger Nation can figure out a way to come up with more with the than number. 500 bucks for a for a Tiger, a, a two-time national championship coach. Exactly. I don't like saying that. But the truth hurts. It's true. I mean, he's a two-time national championship college football coach. And um, you're going to let a guy from a town with no stoplight and a coach that hasn't proven anything to the college football world outbid you? Really? I mean, I okay. know. I see Maybe these. Maybe there's not as much passion in that fan base as I thought there was. I really. see these orange paws and these Ipte stickers on cars Maybe. all over town. Maybe they're all phony. Uh. Maybe there's a lot of symbolism <laughs> there and, and not as much. <laughs> I'm doing this in jest. Yeah. I'm doing this know, to um, why you're doing it. try to instigate some sort <laughs> some sort of response. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter if it's orange or garnet. We're trying to raise money for kids, and uh, and Gamecocks love kids, and Tigers love kids, and uh, we're trying to create a little friendly competition within the two fan bases. And uh, and yeah, I'm trying to instigate somewhat of a um, a tussle. Between uh, between one and the other, in the name of raising money for the McLeod Children's Hospital, on behalf of the Radiothon that we've been fortunate to be a part of, how many years in a row? 
this is our fifth year participating. Uh, Mudflat and Palmer have been doing it since the beginning, yeah. and this is their 20th year. Okay, 20, 20 years, years for them and five or six for us. A couple of years we didn't, we weren't allowed to be on campus because of um, COVID, some of these social distancings and requirements and whatnot. But um, a lot of different ways to make contributions. We've got a, um, a miracle maker that you can become. We've also got one-time contributions. We've got a way to text. We've got um, a website with some of the memorabilia Rev was talking about. Uh, text McLeod to 11, excuse me, 51555. Um, call the number 843-777-4483. Um, so, so we're normally accustomed to power hours. This is actually a power burst. What exactly, Rev? Is a power burst. Well, that, that looks like it's about half of a power hour. It's a power burst, and they have one scheduled to start here at 9.30, where we're going to be, uh, again, shopping for a specific item that they're looking for, uh, and it's a cuff kit project. And we're going to go for 10 Miracle Makers, and that's getting ready to start in a few minutes, this power burst that'll take us up to, to the 10 o'clock hour. And so... Uh, Hopefully we'll get that. We're going to go for, and again, that officially start in just a few minutes uh, for the, the cuff kit project. That's take-home BP cuffs for moms who are high risk for preeclampsia and postpartum hypertension. And uh, obviously it's, it's something that's very important. And if you want to participate in providing these items via this power burst, we'll start in a few minutes. You can call now if you'd like to and, and get right on it and make your contribution to 843-777-4483. Uh, before we take our break, we want to mention our corporate underwriting our sponsors that have made these uh, three days possible as far as the broadcast on the air. McCall Farms is our title sponsor, our Live 95 station sponsor of the broadcast, Harris Pest Control, Palmetto Commercial Real Estate. Now listen to this, Palmetto Commercial Real Estate, uh, they're sponsoring the phone bank. So whenever you call the phone bank, you are calling the Palmetto Commercial Real Estate phone bank and talking to one of our volunteers. Uh, but they also are sponsoring Miracle Makers. So when we talk about Miracle Makers, again, it is, it is brought to you by and underwritten by Palmetto Commercial Real Estate. We thank them so much. And King Cadillac is also a, a, a great corporate partner in supporting the broadcast and uh, ultimately supporting McLeod Children's Hospital. And I found a Tiger fan that's not afraid. Oh, okay. Got, and he's a good got? Pamplico boy. All right. I got somebody who's matched my $500 um, bid on the Gamecock football for a Tiger football. Okay. He's, a, he's an attorney here in town. He's a good old boy from Pamplico, but he's agreed. I mean, I just got a text. I'll match your 500 on one of those Clemson footballs. So there you go. We got one bid on a Gamecock football for 500 bucks. We got another bid for 500 bucks on a Clemson football. And look, there we go. I mean, look, I'm a Gamecock. I know who has the better football program today and tomorrow. I don't care. I mean, we're trying to raise money for kids in a hospital via a radiothon. So, um, so yeah, this is not about who the who is the better team. I think we know who the better team is. Now, it'll be different in years to come, but we know right now who the better team is. But today, uh, I'm trying to have a little fun with the two fan bases. In a, uh, and I'll tell you this, and I mean this sincerely. I always take an opportunity to say this. Um, in a state the size of South Carolina, to have two of the most rabid fan bases behind their respective football programs is something that is either a testament to our passion or a tribute to our ignorance. I mean, it's one or the other because, because this Saturday in a state of 5 million people, roughly 175 or 80,000 of us will be crammed in football stadiums somewhere in our, in our state. And I've always said, does that mean we're, you know, uh, football passionate or are we just complete and total 
morons. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that, but thank you to the good He's friend ha- of mine. Having fun. Yeah, thank you to the good friend of mine. And um, he said, I'll match your bid on the Gamecock football with a like and similar bid on the Tiger football. So there you go. Um, let's keep it going. A, and it's an auction. So, what, sure. you know, if, if those two bids are the highest bidder, if you're the highest bidder at the end of the auction, which we're, will be, so I don't know if they've told us what time they're going to close it down we're, tomorrow. We're, we're stuck with the football, man. What? Six o'clock, so okay. it'll end it right at the end of Radiothon at six o'clock tomorrow. Uh, we'll we'll basically calculate the highest bid. So I mean, if you win with your five hundred dollar, you know, bid and I contribution, hope I right? If you, but I hope I don't. I hope, I hope it goes six hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but at that, but that's how it works. It is an auction. It's at myradiothon.com. So if you want to up these bids, we're talking about, go for it. But right now, it sounds like high bid on at least one each of the Shane Beamer and Dabo Sweeney footballs is going to be $500. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. We'll take a break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Oh, I wanted to be a big, bad Gamecock for about, what, 10 minutes? Yeah. Clemson fans have stepped up. I see that. We, we've got multiple bids on their two footballs, $500. We'll run those folks down. I mean, they, they, uh, they verbally committed to bid X to me over the uh, text. We've handed that information off to the folks here at McLeod, and they'll, um, they'll run you down to get you to um, – to get you to go online and make sure we um, cement those bids, and um, and I know those folks are good for their for their word, but we got a process here. This isn't um, mine and your endeavor, right? We can't run it the way we True. we choose to run it. We got to follow it is an auction. certain guidelines and and, um, and, and stipulations. I saw where uh, one of the Beamer autographed footballs has a high bid of now five hundred dollars. So somebody's gone online. Yeah, somebody's gone online yeah. there. Yeah. So now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Now, now we're pitting yeah. Gamecocks and Tigers against one another. MyRadioThon.com. And, um, and we're raising some money for the Children's yeah. Hospital um, through the rivalry of Gamecocks and Tigers. What did she say? She says she has another five hundred on the other Gamecock ball. So it looks okay. like you, your bid's going to be well, <laughs> you're outbid, or, or well, at least but, equal but, to your bid. No, 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 no. I'll check with my wife. Okay. I mean, she may let me spend more. Ooh, I don't know yet. Okay. She may let me um, exceed my limit. I asked her <laughs> yesterday, what is our limit? She said, well, I mean, you've never paid much attention yeah. to me in our, in our limits, <laughs> limits, so why should I, <laughs> why should I tell you that? My intent was to inspire, instigate, um, a competition between the two fan bases because I know how passionate they are. I've lived this football rivalry all of my life. It ain't been fun for me as a Gamecock most of my life, but I've lived, breathed, slept, drank, ate, in particular drank it uh, from time to time, but, but it's been a lot of fun, and we can have a lot of fun and not dislike one another, can't we? Of course. I mean, we can have a lot of fun hope with so. one another and not dislike one another. Um, it ain't about orange and garnet today. It's about green. It's about raising money for this children's hospital so we can better care for these kids and infants and our preemies who deserve our care. Talking about taking care of kids, we have with us Eduardo Diaz. He is the McLeod Safe Kids Coordinator. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? So how do you wake up one day and want to be a Safe Kids Coordinator? Uh, you, everyone needs to do things with safety. And uh, one day they're like, hey, we need someone to make sure that kids are staying safe out on the roads and staying safe sleep at home. And, you know, I, I could fill that role. So here I am. Uh, the biggest thing I can do is making sure kids are staying safe at home in, you know, their cribs and also in their car with they're having the right car seat for them. So what exactly is McLeod Safe Kids? I mean, walk us through uh, the, the program. And mm-hmm. I mean, obviously keeping, it speaks for itself. I understand mm-hmm. that. But some of the nuances are what? So the biggest thing is making sure the community is aware of resources that are available to them. Uh, the biggest, of course, is car seat safety. So making sure that they know that, hey, I'm not sure if my car seat's installed correctly. They know that they can call us and we can make sure that for starters, that car seat is not expired because car seats can expire, making sure that the car seat's installed correctly in their car and making sure that baby is in the right car seat for them. Uh, 
Yes. So, so educating families mm -hmm. on what is safe or not. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times we're not, I mean, we, we intend to be safe and protective mm -hmm. of our kids, but we don't know any better mm -hmm. than to do certain things. I mean, my mom let me ride on the back dash, you know, <laughs> yeah, in the good old days. My mom loved me. She just didn't know any better. There was not, <laughs> you know, any evidence to show that was, was unsafe. Mm -hmm. um, what counties do we serve? McLeod's a regional health care facility. So, Walk us through some of the, um, the footprint. Right. So uh, we are in the PD coastal area. So there's 11 counties that we're, all, we're serving all over. Uh, we, just earlier this week, I was actually in Waccamaw Hospital over in Myrtle Beach helping out over there with a situation where someone needed a car seat. And we were just trying to make sure that they had that car seat for them. But you were also saying, you know, making sure that the ed education is available as well. <laughs> a buddy of mine actually sent me a picture of a car seat, or it was a car seat swing that people had back in the day in their car saying, totally safe and he's like what do you think about this and i said that's not safe at all not totally safe i thought i tore that picture up it's still floating around out there out there somewhere um okay we live in an area that has a lot of diversity and socioeconomics mm -hmm. i mean there are some people that can go to anywhere they want to go whenever they want to go buy a mm -hmm. child's care seat uh, make sure their kid is properly cared for mm -hmm. there's some families that just don't have the resources mm -hmm. um do we help those families fund mm -hmm. making sure the kids are taken care of oh Absolutely. Uh, if there's one thing I've learned since I've been here is that if you're doing your best effort to try to make sure you, your kid's staying safe, we will we will more than ha we will be more than happy to help you meet that as well. Uh, I've seen so many people in the community come together to make sure that, that the kid will have a car seat, for example. Uh, another big thing lately is with the Safe Sleep Initiatives. So this month is SIDS Awareness Month. So that is sudden uh, uh, infant death syndrome. So. That's making sure that, that those are babies that have died in their sleep, and they're, after a thorough investigation, they're not sure how. Uh, and in 1990, before we had a big push for uh, safe sleep initiatives, there was close to 8,000 deaths uh, a year in the U.S. And since then, with the biggest push being putting babies to back to uh, the ABCs of sleep, putting babies to sleep on their backs, that number has been reduced to about 3,000, which is still too many, but it is a huge and significant difference. So but there has been a debate about how a baby is to sleep. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I can decide. I mean, I, I got 20 pillows and 900 positions. You know what right. I mean? I got a bad back and a bad arm and mm -hmm. my shoulder hurts. Um, kids have to sleep where we put them mm -hmm. in, in the early days. I mean, it, have we concluded what is the safest way for a kid to sleep or a baby to yes. sleep in a crib? So the safest position is the ABC. So they need to be alone. Uh, on their back and in a crib. So that, that's where babies should be, asleep. Uh, you know, it, yeah, one of the things that I've learned that I've had to say in this job is boring is best. You know, unfortunately, you want to decorate baby's room, but not baby's crib. You know, babies should just be in there alone by themselves, and that's the, on their back, and that's the safest place for them to be. And, you know, you can make the room beautiful, but the crib, boring is best. Eduardo, how can people find out more about McLeod Safe Kids? So there's Safe Kids Worldwide. Uh, you can go uh, on the website, and also you can go on McLeod's website as well. Uh, and if there's a situation where uh, you as well want to just call them and make sure that you have access to that Safe, safe Kids resource, you can call 777 that's the Safe Kids coordinator number, and you can set up car seat check appointments, and you can also set up other sorts of appointments, making sure you have the crib, uh, you know, making sure one of the big things that we're also pushing now uh, is gun safety as well, making sure people have access to gun locks, which is something that we've seen a big need for lately. Okay. Thank you very much for your time. No, yeah. Thank you. Good to see you. Um, I think I jumped the gun a second ago when I did the power burst before 930. Right. We can do it now? Yeah, it's I mean, officially underway. We can officially yeah. do it now? Yeah, we'll do right. it. We'll okay. do it. Okay. Well, well the I'm power burst. To, I'm trying to push people on football. You, gotta, <laughs> you were, and, okay. and doing a fine job because apparently the, the bids and the competition is well underway. Uh, the power burst, which I guess is like a shortened power hour. We're doing it from 930 
until 10 this morning. And we have a goal of 10 miracle makers during this uh, this half hour, so between now and 10 o'clock. And we are shopping for the Cuff Kit Project. And that's those are take-home BP cuffs for moms who are high risk for preeclampsia and postpartum hypertension. And so obviously this plays a role in mom's health, right? So you've done good with those hard words. I know. I, I even practiced. So there we go. Uh, we have six of the 10 already. So we're, uh, it's 938. So eight minutes into the power burst, we have six of the 10, but we do need how many more? That would be four. Okay. Just checking. 843-777-4483. And uh, we have uh, phone bank volunteers, and uh, they uh, several of them are on the phone right now. Oh, had one just come through. Good deal. <laughs> so maybe, maybe they heard the shout-out. So know. we're getting closer. So the difference in a power burst and a power hour is? About 30 minutes, I think. Okay. Okay. I guess so. I think you're right. Yeah. I think from 930 to 10 and 930 to 10.30 would be half the time. That's another half hour. You're good. You're <laughs> we're, we're I mean, we're catching on to this thing quicker than they. I don't, I don't even think they expected this much out of us, Rev. I know. Uh, I know. And I think they're kind of us to our <laughs> face, but not so much. Are we overperforming? Yeah. I saw a couple of them getting real. Um, when I was making fun of the uh, – when I was being – a bit sarcastic about the Clemson. and, and, and I they, saw that. You, yeah. you were getting some looks. I, I did. I mean, I got a couple of looks like. What did he just say about Clemson? Yeah, surely we don't want it. Chill. Chill. <laughs> I'm trying to um, I'm trying to instigate yeah. a competition, a friendly competition between the two uh, the two fan bases, and we think it we think it worked. It should be uh, noted today, uh, and then, you know, back back to the reason we're here, of course, uh, on the floor at the Children's Hospital, there, there are 20 kids right upstairs from where we are. I mean, we're kind of joking around and having fun and trying to, you know, involve folks to, uh, and you, as you say, instigate folks to, to bid and have the little back and forth between Gamecock and Tiger fans. Uh, there are still 20 kids upstairs on the Children's Hospital floor right now. You know they'd rather not be there, but they are. Uh, there are eight uh, eight in the PICU and 24 in the NICU here at McLeod. So ultimately, that's why we're here today uh, to, to help those kids out and their families. 843-777-4483 during this power burst. We have six of the ten Miracle Makers. And a Miracle Maker is a $15 contribution uh, every month for a year, totaling $180. Those are very much appreciated. So are one-time contributions, by the way. If you just uh, feel like, hey, I I need to make a one-time contribution and whatever that number is, call and make it. Uh, We thank you for that as well. No child turned away. 100% of the money stays local. They are a local hospital caring for local patients. We've talked a lot about transporting kids. I mean, this is a, I mean, let, let's be honest. This is a, um, an economically distressed area. I mean, it has. The, um, the PD region of South Carolina historically has been um, lagging in, in economic development and job opportunities to the rest of uh, the state. We have a debate on our regular show. You know, when we're not doing a Children's Miracle Network um, celebration or radiothon, we have a lot of conversations about the, the realities of South Carolina, how they're changing as we speak. And this has been a challenged area in our state. I think we're very fortunate if you live in this quadrant of South Carolina to not have to go to Greenville or, uh, you know, Columbia, Lexington, Atlanta, Charlotte to receive world-class health care. They've done a phenomenal job here in our community and our in our region of making sure that happens, not just in a hospital that cares for the, um, here I go again, general population, but um, specifically to some of the kids with the, um, with the, I don't know, the development of the McLeod 
Children's Hospital. 843-777-4483 is our number. You can contribute in any way imaginable. My Miracle Makers, one-time contribution. Uh, MyRadioThon.com allows you to go on and bid. Some of the football activity has increased, and I think I was successful in instigating kind of a friendly competition between those two fan bases. Uh, Atlanta Braves memorabilia. Got some Carolina Panthers things on there. Uh, I don't want to get Mufflap over here maybe tomorrow and let him kind of tell the story of that George Strait autographed um, poster and why he felt compelled to um, to offer it as uh, an asset in raising money for the Children's Hospital here via uh, the Radiothon. 843-777-4483 is our number. If you want to text and make a donation, text the word McLeod, M-C-L-E-O-D, to the number 5155. Five, five. We'll take a break. We'll be back in just.